I think I mentioned on the last episode, but I got uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters for the NES, which completes yeah, my... Yeah, you did bring that up. Bring that up. Oh, again. yes. Rub it in. Rub it uh, in. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw a screenshot on Google. <laughs> <laughs> I put it there. <laughs> <laughs> Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and John. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes and dudettes, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your host, Rob, and joining with me, as always, is my main man, my partner in Ninja Turtle crime, Mr. Josh O'Rourke. Hi, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah, I know. This is kind of throwing me out of out, out today because it's about 8 o'clock uh, in the evening. This is past my bedtime, man. Yeah, I know. You know, you're probably in your PJs right now. You got your teddy bear. <laughs> you got your warm milk. Got my pillow pet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah. little uh, miniature uh, NHL flyers. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny you, you bring that up. I've got a, a Philadelphia Flyers <laughs> pillow pet for my son. I was actually laying on the couch with that uh, about 10 minutes ago. For your son? Well, uh-huh. He doesn't use it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it to him when he's older. <laughs> Krista was just like, why did you buy that? Well, it's for my kid. It's for the baby. He loves it. Yeah. He loves it. It's just like when I Ninja Turtles. I'm like, it's for my son. He cries every time you hold it. You know, so just, no. <laughs> I didn't want you to have oh, You ever buy anything for your kid and you're just kind of glad that they don't want it because you really want it yourself? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I've also bought something for my wife that I also, you know, thought, you know what? I could use this probably more than she would. <laughs> Yeah, honey, you were telling me the other day how you wanted to play Resident Evil 7. Well, I bought it for you. I, mean, you play, I bought it for if, you. If you're not going to play it, I mean, I guess I will. I mean, I don't want to reach Right, right. I don't want the money to go to waste. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, good deal. Well, um, well, today we are covering uh, issue 64 of the IDW series. So, man, we've been waiting to talk about this one for, for quite some time. Uh, we had a little bit of delays. Uh, we were supposed to record last Saturday. and Yeah. Um, I think I had some family stuff going on, and then just this week it's been crazy with sickness and everything. So finally we got to record the evening. Mm. And, uh, man, just what an issue. I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, it's – you know what, though? Like, it's it's a really good issue, but it's just, again, in, like – this, like, perfectly sums up the IDW series. Like, I don't want to say in a negative way, but it's not, like, the best way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to it, though. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Huh. See, I thought this would be a little bit of payoff for you. Oh, it is. It definitely is. It's there, but it's kind of like they kind of – we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well, look at us. We're actually starting off kind of organized. What about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, sweet, man. Well, um, so have you got any Ninja Turtle pickups over the last couple of weeks, my friend? Yeah, I've got one – well, technically three, but one. So – Definitely next week on our show, uh, listeners. Definitely, I'll come with a really awesome pickup uh, for, that I'm that's gonna be coming my way next week. So be on the lookout for that. But for this week, 
I have this incredibly awesome uh, surprise gift that Nicole gave me. This is a Ninja Turtle uh, figure from a toy company or a manufacturer called Sprue Kits. Have you heard of these things? No, no, I don't think so. Okay, well, what they are is this is actually a little model that I put together. And uh, this is the Raphael figure. She got me all four of them, but Donatello hasn't come in the mail yet. So I've got... Best for last. Best for last, yeah. So <laughs> I've got Leonardo, Michelangelo, and I got the Raphael figure right here uh, for an example. This plays great over radio. And <laughs> these are all kind of uh, models that you actually click together. They're kind of like Legos. But like all cool. the, all the pegs are on the inside, so they're all and they're all different. Co- what I really like about them is they're all slightly different heights and they're all different color schemes. All the turtles, and not just their bandanas, but like their skin colors all different. They all have, even though they are very very, because you can't really you still have the camera on. They don't really have facial expression, but what's there is very subtly different. Where like you can tell that Raphael is just scowling, Michelangelo is smiling, Leonardo is very calm uh, so to speak and i don't know about donatello he's probably thinking he's probably looking up into the side thinking of something <laughs> right. um but they all uh these all uh model figures they all snap together and they come with a base that you can stand them on and they actually do have a pretty decent amount of mobility where it's there's some articulation at the wrists and at the arms so you can and at the elbows so you can kind of pose them uh, a little bit Oh, very and, cool. And those are kind of like the Nick figures, aren't they? Yeah, these are definitely based on the 2012 Nickelodeon series. And they also come with, for, because they have, uh, if you look at the molds, you can see where the uh, the Ninja Turtles wear these bandages around their fists and their wrists and ankles and everything. Mm. They have, and even the mask, uh, they all have that articulation there or that detail there, but then you put stickers over them. So right. they'll have color because these are all just green or red, like the eyes are the same color as the mask. But they have stickers that go over the bandana for the uh, for the eyes. Oh, wow. And I put them on them and I just for me, I just didn't care for them because it just didn't look like it fit. Right. So but it's I mean, it's definitely there. Another collector might love that look and think it adds a nice uh, bubblegum pop color feature to it. <laughs> I just didn't really care for it, so I'm I'm considering. I got a bunch of model paints on my desk behind me, so I'm kind of considering just painting in those details. But I'm always nervous about painting a figure that I've only got one of, you know. <laughs> so, but actually, and these model kits come in uh, various degrees of difficulty. I think they come on like they come on a five point scale. Mine was a, a two point on the five point scale. So, but they have sprue kits. You can find these toys on Amazon. They've got uh, sprue kit figures for Ninja Turtles, Batman, uh, Halo, Master Chief figures, um, all kinds of stuff, you know, like in different types of Batman, like the com- DC Comics, Arkham, the Arkham games, Batman, stuff like that. And and the higher up in the level you go are um, running correlation to the articulation and the amount of uh, little pieces that you have to push together but this one these four figure or the three figures anyway uh i put them all together last night i just sat down at at my desk and just put them all together and it took me to get all three of them put together it took about 20 minutes so it was pretty simple and it was i just looked at the directions on the first figure i put together was leonardo 
they're all really, really simple. So, like, I put, I looked at the directions for the first figure and didn't have to look at them again because it just, it, they were all really easy to put together, which had me nervous because uh, I, I hadn't put a model together since I was probably fourteen. So I'm really out of practice. I used to collect model cars when I was a kid. And oh, cool! I did too. Yeah, yeah. It's I made painting, but I just always loved gluing gluing them together. My dad did a lot too. Uh, my dad was really into wood carving and models and kits and everything. And so I was really surprised by how easy these went together, especially with the joint hinges and the arms. So definitely, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you can find these on Amazon or out in the wild, I would definitely recommend picking them up. Uh, they're the TMNT model figures from Sprue Kits. That's S-P-U-R-K-I-T-S. Very nice. And, and how are the prices on those? This, uh, they're relatively cheap. I mean, the most expensive one, um, I was looking at these forever, and Nicole just finally said, oh, I'm going to buy them for you. And I said, oh, okay, fine. Twist my arm. <laughs> but the most expensive one, you want to talk about the best, was Donatello. He was 20 bucks. Uh, oh, that's not bad. Oh, uh, Nicole just, Nicole's in the other room. They were uh, 5 and Donatello was $14. Uh, Donatello, wow, really? Yeah, Donatello was 14 bucks, and the other three turtles are five ninety nine each. Huh, I wonder why that is. Hi, Nicole. Hi. So, hey, Nicole. <laughs> Donatello is the best one, let's be honest. Oh, of course. So he's probably the one that was bought the most, so they just pump up the price for him, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what were you expecting? Not the Adams family. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to tease. Him. I was like, "What are you expecting?" I mean, come on. <laughs> Wait, he's going to say it. He's going to. He didn't say it. <laughs> I didn't say it. I, you know. Yeah. yeah well, I, you know, I've not. Uh, I've not gotten a whole lot of pickups in the last couple of weeks. Um, besides a couple of comics, and I think I mentioned on the last episode, I did get the um, the TMNT Adventures Batman crossover, but I've not actually had a chance to read it yet. Uh, and also, oh, I read the first issue of that. How, what, what'd you think? You know what? I didn't think I was going to like it. As much as I did the uh, the other Batman team in T series, just because I don't know why, it just I just I didn't think it could work again. And with this one, it was they're definitely delving into these are the kid. I don't I don't want to say it this way. This sounds like a negative, but this is the kid version, the kid friendly version of the Ninja Turtles, and with the Batman animated series that is kid friendly, but not really meant for kids, right? Um, <laughs> But they really, and I was kind of disappointed, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but Batman and the Ninja Turtles don't actually meet in the first issue. Oh. Uh, uh, Batman suspects that there's something going on. He understands that something's up, and he's he's very close to finding out about the Turtles. But it ends in a really cool cliffhanger. So, and a really fun cliffhanger, and... um, but every time you meet a new character, you get like this little bi- uh, biography, not biography, but you get this bullet pointed uh, list of why they're awesome or why they kind of suck, where it's like, this is Michelangelo, journeyman, comedian, pizza lover. You know, this is Raphael, <laughs> bad attitude, don't mention it, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> and it, it does it for every single character, including, you know, Batman, Dark Knight, Detective. You know, stuff like that. So it's like kind of a big deal. Kind of, a, yeah, yeah. I think that's the line too. I honestly, do. yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I've I've been wanting to get into it. I've got about thirty comics that I've you know I've accrued over the last like two months that I've just not had a chance to read yet. I've not had a chance. Yeah, you get that backlog going, man. Oh, I know, I know. Story of my life. And yeah. then speaking of which, I had a nice surprise today. I, I went by um, uh, Randy's comic book shop. He, he's uh, my my local guy here. He's awesome, mm-hmm. awesome shop. It's called New Krypton Comics. Tiny little place, but it's in Knoxville, Tennessee. If you're ever anyone's ever in the area, great shop. Check it out. But he was like, hey, I got a little surprise for you uh, because I thought it was going to be December, late December when this came came out because I looked on certain websites. Uh, I know TeenageMutantNinjaTurtles.com said it was going to be December 20th, but the Michelangelo one-shot um, notebook from Kevin Eastman, it just came out, and it is beautiful. Wow. Man. Yeah, it, it's, it's bigger than the Ultimate Collection books, I think. It's a little bit taller. Um, of course, not as thick. There's not as much material, yeah. there, but there's a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, those ultimate collections are like 200 pages easy. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looks like there's a whole bunch of like handwritten notes on these. Uh, the sketches look great. Looks like there's some concept art and some layout art mm-hmm. and like little commentary blurbs and stuff. It looks like they even hand wrote the dialogue. Oh man, like I'm looking at one right now on page nine. It's like the first page of the comic, and it looks like literally Kevin Eastern or Peter Laird, they literally just kind of jotted this on a napkin, like the yeah. idea of it, the layouts for it, and then they eventually they kind of polished it up. Oh, man, it looks so cool. That's the uh, the Christmas issue, right? Yeah, that's it. That's the, that's your oh. issue, man. Yeah, man, I love that issue. <laughs> I'll have to uh, see if I can find another copy of this, man. I'll send it your way because I think you'd really like this. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah it's nice, man. It's very sh- and Now, it's not cheap. I paid uh, – yeah. like, Thirty nine ninety nine. It's definitely not cheap, but uh, I think it's worth it. That's that's why I'm I'm kind of not doing that stuff right now. If it came out any other time of the year, yeah. like this had come out in like October, I would have it, you know, and we'd right. be talking about it, you know. But it's it had to come out two and a half weeks before Christmas. Really, yeah, I know. <laughs> really, playing had to be a Christmas special. Jeez, really, IDW. Come on, <laughs> they know what they're doing. I got kids, man. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, you have to buy it for them. And I'm putting your kids through college. How does that work? <laughs> I'm, talking I know about, I'm, I'm talking about it as if there's a Mr. and Mrs. IDW comics out there. So, Right. They're, they're listening and shaking their heads right now. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and that's it, man. I um, I think I mentioned on the last episode, but I got uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters for the NES, which completes yeah, my... Yeah, you did bring, up, up, bring that up. Oh, yes. Rub it in. Rub it yeah. in. <laughs> Yeah, well, I saw a screenshot on Google. (laughs) (laughs) I put it there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I I love the game, man. It's so fun. I I had to test it out the other day, and oh, gosh, I I could get lost in that game. I mean, How how does a a fighting game work on NES? How is that? uh, it's, It's very primitive, but yet at the same time, because it's a late NES release, it's really pushing the NES hardware. Like, it looks great. Good looking game. Uh, But, you know, the the fight mechanic is definitely limited compared to, you know, the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. I mean, what could you do with two buttons, you know? Right, exactly. It's it's a little bit more challenging. Um, But I I love it. You have to explain which one is punch and which one is kick, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, I've, I've been enjoying that and that's it. Uh, I've not really gotten any other pickups, man. Two bros. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool, man. You know, that, that, that is definitely, I can't believe that just fell into your lap, man. So it's just, yeah, I know. I tried, uh, Freddie Velasquez, my, a good friend of mine. I tried yeah. to tell him, Hey man, I'll pay you for this. I, I just, I've never seen one. I mean, I no, just... no, you wouldn't. Do you have $400? <laughs> no, you well, wouldn't. no, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> 
I might have to be an indentured servant for like you know at least a, yeah. six months or so. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I told him I I've never even seen these in the wild before. Like I've always looked for it. That's been the one usually in the back of my mind. Anytime I went to a game store, I'd be like, I wonder if they got a copy of Tournament Fighter somewhere. Yeah, and I would never even see it behind the bl- the glass cases. You know, so. Uh, I don't know he where he found it. Or like a flea market or something where a guy who doesn't know what he has is going to exactly. sell like five bucks, you know? Exactly. And it seems like nowadays people are so privy to the to prices online and stuff. Uh, you know, you can't – unless there's a poor old lady who has no idea what she's selling, you're not going to get it for a good price. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Just like – I mean I know that if a dude was selling it for like five or ten bucks, I'd probably – I would – I wouldn't say anything about it. Yeah. Because – I want it, but like I would feel so guilty about it. I know, I know. Just be like, what, okay. What would you do? Okay, so a question for you. All right, yeah. so say tournament fighters. It's got to be at least a dollars loose, at least. Oh man, I've seen it for like a hundred cheapest. I've seen a loose out of box, no manual copy is one hundred and forty five bucks. Good lord, that's the uh, cheapest one. Okay, so if a sweet old lady, she's selling in the yard sale, she wants twenty bucks for it. Doesn't yeah. know what she's selling. Would you pay just the twenty bucks, or would you offer a little more, especially around uh, Christmas time? Oh man, I would. You know what? I would. I would buy it for twenty bucks, but I'd buy a bunch of other stuff that I I knew I wouldn't. I wouldn't use. Or you know, just, <laughs> hey, there you go. That works. <laughs> just just because it's like you know, I, you know, yes, I will take. I, I will take this Mister Coffee coffee maker from nineteen seventy four off of your hands, <laughs> and I will take that dented can of Campbell's tomato soup over there. Yes, I will. <laughs> this yellow rotary phone. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, I would not mind a rotary phone, man. Just Actually, they're pretty nice. They're pretty nice. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, I just have a uh, quick recommendation for people listening. Oh yeah, yeah. Please go yeah. ahead. Uh, this is not turtle related, which you know is kind of surprising because that's what we do is talk about turtles. Um, but uh, listeners, if you have a chance, um, I know it's holiday season. You know, money's tight all around. But if you can spare twenty bucks, you deserve it to yourself. And if you have an Xbox One or a PS4, you owe it to yourself to go out and buy the Telltale's Batman game. You know? Oh, I, I heard that. Is that good? Yeah, you know what? I I played, I got the demo for free on Xbox uh, Live or whatever it's called. And because the, the uh, first episode's free and then they want you to buy the other season. Uh, but I played through the first two episodes so far and it is surprisingly good because, yes, it is kind of another, again, another Batman year one storyline or maybe year two or something like that. And as tired as as that storytelling premise is, Telltale Games found a new way to make it fresh. You know, they hmm. uh, once again, Bruce Wayne as Batman is taking the fight to, I think he's fighting off Carmine Falcone, uh, one of the big mobsters. Uh, in Gotham City before all the masked criminals show up, like Black Mask or Joker or Penguin, uh, so to speak. And uh, this isn't a spoiler because it's like kind of the crux of the first episode. Uh, You thought that Bruce Wayne's parents probably had some shady dealings with the mafia before they were killed. Uh, And that really just ruins Bruce Wayne's mystique he had about his parents. his bulletproof parents. Uh, so it's a really interesting take. And also they've got this really cool uh, segment within the game, uh, which is a plot thread that's going to be woven throughout the series where it's the first time Batman and Catwoman meet. 
um, the the video game begins with uh, Bruce Wayne um, helping out Harvey Dent with his campaign to run for mayor, and uh, this is the this is pre Two Face uh, Harvey Dent, obviously, and it's it's a very cool game, and I was really surprised. Uh, Troy Baker plays Batman. Uh, you might know him as the voice actor and performer of uh, Joel from The Last of Us. Uh, he played Joker in Batman Arkham Origins. Uh, he's he's he was Two Face in all the Batman Arkham games, and he was, he's been voice acting for a long time. And he was Sam Drake in the new uh, uh, Uncharted Uncharted game. I haven't played that, but I heard he was really good in it. He plays Nathan Drake's brother. Uh, so very very cool, very exciting game. Uh, the new, the final episode, episode five, comes out this month, uh, from what I understand. So, if you want to wait a couple more weeks, you can get the whole game all at one time. Or if you don't mind waiting a couple of weeks, you can play the first four episodes and then download episode five. Uh, I think there's early access for people that buy the season pass. I'm not sure. Uh, but I definitely recommend it, uh, the Telltale Batman game. So. Very, Very cool. Now, is, is there any uh, physical copies of this game? Or yes, um, I believe, I believe after episode five comes out, they're gonna have the disc come out um, just before Christmas. Or if it's anything like, I think Telltale made a, a Minecraft game. Uh, oh wow! And I just, I just got that for my son's birthday, and it was called Minecraft Story Mode, and. Pat Oswalt plays Steve or whatever the character is, and um, they sold a physical copy of the game, which would unlock the episodes as the other episodes were unlocked online. I don't really know how that worked, so but there is a there is a physical copy of this game for those that don't have the online capabilities of PSN or Xbox Live. If you can get, if you can download this, or if you can somehow connect to the internet with your system, I would highly recommend it because what's really cool is these Telltale games. If you've ever played Walking Dead or A Wolf Among Us, which is my favorite one so far, I don't know how Batman's going to turn out yet. If you you make the whole crux of the game is making decisions and people reacting from your decisions, mm-hmm. um, and at the end of every episode, you'll get a percentage uh, breakdown of. Uh, everybody playing online and what decisions they made, you know. So right, I always feel like such an outcast. I'm like, I'm the only one who made that decision. Yeah, man, <laughs> just going solo, man. So I know Rob Solo, apparently. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I'll tell you, every time, like at least with the Walking Dead games, yeah, I always I try my best to be the good guy, like the Rick character, and try to save everybody I can. I end up losing everyone. Yeah, well, you know, people turn on me. That's kind of the that's kind of the deal of The Walking Dead, though. Like The Walking Dead is secretly it should be titled "Make You Feel Terrible About Life." Yeah, that's <laughs> it why really I, does. that's why I stopped reading the comic, man, because the comic is just oh yeah, depressing. Except for when <laughs> Negan shows up, then it's fun. So ah uh, yeah, yeah yeah. Well, you know, I like that segment. We ought to do like a Josh recommendation segment. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm hip. Yeah, yeah, that. we should do that. Or, or Josh gives advice. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear her? Nicole, no, no, what'd she say? Nicole's <laughs> like, nope. And uh, we could have uh, Nicole's playful quips all throughout it. Yeah, you, what we should do is have two new segments. Josh gives advice and Nicole gives makes up for Josh's advice. Nicole gives a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't actually follow his advice. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I love it. Well, sweet. Um, well, uh, just a few announcements for the show. Um, some really, really exciting news. First of all, uh, Jim Lawson is going to be back on the show again. Uh, it'll be on the next episode, so episode 66. So that'll be – we'll be recording that this Saturday, but it'll come out on – let me look at the calendar here. It'll be – hopefully, if I don't screw up editing in time, it'll be out by the 17th. 17th, yeah. Yes. The Rat King yes. himself, man. Jim Mr. Rat King. Why have I not been preparing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, what's so exciting for me is like you. I know how much you love the Rat King. I know how much yeah. you you have respect Jim Lawson's work. Yeah. This this will be the first time you've ever talked to him, right? Yeah, you know, and I, I'm really nervous because I haven't read a lot of stuff that Jim Lawson's written. I've I've I purely uh, know of him as an artist, you know, and just seeing like just seeing how much because uh, if you really look at the Mirage stuff, Kevin yeah. Eastman and Peter Laird. Yeah, they were really influential in the beginning of the series, but like as the series went on, it was really Jim Lawson. Yeah, Jim Lawson, a lot of guest writers. Yeah, big yeah. time. Yeah, and and Volume Two. I mean, it was funny. You texted me earlier today about talking about uh, Volume Two, which is only thirteen issues of the Ninja Turtles. Uh, came out in like nineteen ninety, I think it was. I think I think they were uh, ninety three. Yeah. Oh, 90, okay. Yeah, with the yeah. before nineteen ninety five, somewhere in there, ninety one, ninety five, somewhere in there. It was the first Turtle series to be in full color outside of the Adventures series. And that was Jim Lawson's baby, like, the whole way through. And, of course, he was the artist on Volume 4. The probably, yeah. even with all its, like, crazy antics aside, probably the most underrated volume. I, I agree with that. Although, like... Because, I mean, how many people outside of turtles fans know about it i mean everyone knows about spider-man everyone knows about batman but did you know about this one volume of the ninja turtles and just right not even i I did until last year you know yeah big time i mean even volume two like you're getting in 1993 1994 and five i think volume two was around for two years the turtles craze was starting to kind of not die out but it was left. Well, off. I guess you could argue, right? It yeah. was it was slowing down a little bit. It wasn't what it once was. Yeah, and uh, it's coming off of its stride. It, yeah, big time because I know the cartoon, the original cartoon, lasted until I think ninety five uh, Nin- or ninety six. Right, right. So I mean, it, things were definitely slowing down. Yeah. So volume two, I honestly, I, I feel terrible admitting this, but I didn't read much of volume two. I, I didn't even know about volume two, two until. Um, actually, probably told just a few years ago. You know, yeah. I just thought I, I had heard of. Of course, I had heard of the original series, mm-hmm. and then um, I knew that Image had taken it over at one point. I never really read a lot of the Image comics. Yeah, and then I, I didn't really get back into the comic books until Volume Four came out in the early two thousands. But yeah. you think there's a huge gap, at least in the mainstream media, between was it, when was Next Mutation ninety five ninety six. Nice. Wow, was it that late? Yeah, really? it was. Uh, well, not really that late. I mean, it was a year. It was the year after That's the true. cartoon, you know. So true. It, yeah, and it only lasted a year. Yeah, yeah and it, it lasted until what ninety. The toys for Next Mutation lasted until ninety nine, and wow, and then there was nothing until two thousand three. Yeah, yeah, and then, then uh, uh, the Fox Volume Four started in two thousand one. Yeah, and that's when I started reading them again. I remember seeing them in the comic book stores. Yeah, and uh, that's what kind of revived my love turtles was reading Volume Four and kind of relating to them as a, 
uh, as an adult. And man, I, but anyways, I say all that to say this: Volume Two is is one that I think is a very very underrated. And uh, I, I heck, Volume Two and Volume Four I think are so underrated. Yeah, Volume Three, I I, <laughs> I appreciate them pushing the envelope. But from the issues I read of Volume Three, I, it was way different than what I was used to, and you know, kudos to them for changing things up. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna I think next year, maybe around this time next year, uh, later next year, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get some Volume Three books because I've got the first I've got the first issue, and yeah, the, the if it wasn't black and white, I think it would be a lot better because just it's just it, it's all just pencils you just can't tell what's good i mean it's like pencils with no inks you know it, it looks like pencils with no inks except for like on the outsides of the page you know it's just once you get into the actual meat of the drawing it just looks like chicken scratch everywhere i don't know but and it goes yeah. so crazy oh yeah right off the first issue yeah like yeah. issue three splinter mutates into a bat you know it's just <laughs> what yeah, I know, I know. You know, and, yeah, it's like something of a nightmare. And and I can and I know why the turtles all like had this just weird like body horror stuff happening. I'm like Raphael becomes two faced basically. Michelangelo or Donatello gets turned into a cyborg. Leonardo loses an arm, and Michelangelo is yeah. the only one that's normal. And it was just because it was a black and white book, and they didn't know how to differentiate the turtles outside of just using their weapons. So they had to do right. these crazy things outside of it. It would have been a really cool stylistic choice to make a black and white comic, and the only thing that was colored was their bandanas. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. That would have been a, that would have been just enough color to really break up everything. And then, what's the first thing you see on every page? There's the turtles. You know, right? And then Absolutely. all this stuff is happening around them. But yeah, I think I might get into some volume three stuff. Maybe that's a big maybe. I've got the first issue, and that's kind of just the only one I want, just so I can say that yeah, I've got them. Definitely interested, <laughs> especially since we talked earlier today. I'm definitely interested in volume two. So yeah, yeah. I mean, because I'm such a Lawson fan, um, I would definitely like to have a, a paperback versions of volume two. I have them on my uh, iPad. Yeah. You know the digital releases, but um, and I know uh, the the classic re-releases actually released the second volume. I think they've completed it. Yeah, at this point. If you get the uh, TMNT classics volumes that IDW put out, get classics volume. Is it eight? One, two, and three have all thirteen issues of volume two in them. Oh, okay. So there's like five classics, four or five classics volumes. The first three have uh, volume two in its entirety. So and oh, volume wow. two is only it's only thirteen issues and it's super relevant to TMNT universe because volume two is the introduction of Agent Bishop. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot all about. Yeah, that. so it's super relevant to our podcast last week. <laughs> right, so. right, right. See, I actually oh, I feel terrible about this mm-hmm. because I actually thought um, that they had gotten Agent Bishop from the two thousand three series. That's what I thought. But too. no, yeah. so two thousand three borrowed it from volume two. Ah, see, I learned something new today. Yeah, see, there it is. Yeah, there it is. I there hope I'm is. right about that. I'm just gonna say. That. Oh, you probably I, are. I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm like ninety ten. <laughs> well, that's good. Seventy thirty. You know. Seventy thirty. Yeah. It's going down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hear you, man. <laughs> well, we got we got some uh, feedback from uh, some of our listeners, and I was thinking like we need to do a 
kind of a turtle segment. I don't know, some kind of like some. I don't know. I have to find some turtles themed isn't audio clip whole, I can put Isn't in this whole podcast a turtle segment? Isn't this? Yeah, it really is. I know. This is I know. turtle. Fl- I know. I talked about Batman for like three minutes, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and we talked about rotary phones. Well, you got to. You just got to let the kids know. I mean, like. Well, absolutely. Struggles real. I know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's before turtle comes. Even though there are some kids today that you would imagine could strangle themselves with a cordless phone, but whatever. <laughs> it's like half. It. I mean, hey. I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, I know. I'm just sounding I'm older and older every time we do one of these shows. You know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, sweet. Well, let me pull up this email real quick. We got a really nice email from our friend Marcos, who's actually I think emailed us before. Mm-hmm. Let me read this here. Hi, Marcos. <laughs> Josh says hi. Okay, here's what he says. He says, hey, guys, just want to drop a line and tell you that I really enjoyed your Thanksgiving episode. Love your analysis and breakdown of the TMNT Universe comics. Oh, and get this. You'll appreciate this, Josh. And when you do your sort of radio drama, quoting some of the lines <laughs> from the comics to each other. <laughs> as much as I really didn't care for the new TMNT movies, I think it's great that you guys enjoyed the last film and have plenty of enthusiasm for it. Have yet to listen to your most recent episode concerning Turtle Power, the Turtle Power filmmakers, but saving it as as I have a long work week schedule ahead in the next few days. I'm in the fortunate position where I can listen to podcasts at work, but I digress. Has anyone ever told Rob that he kind of sounds like Casey Kasem? Oh, uh, yep. <laughs> wow, I'll take that. There All you right. go. <laughs> He's kind of a big deal. What's up, Shaggy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he says, and believe me, that's not a burn whatsoever. Just curious if anyone has ever mentioned it. Anyway, hope to see you cover more of the 2000 animated series. Clearly the best cartoon ever, and one that had a mostly uh, most healthy run. And he says, P.S. Link for an upcoming Kevin Eastman uh, TMNT poster book from IDW. And he says, last but not least, I'd love to send you guys a figure or two just as a way of, to express my thanks and support for your show. Just let me know if you're looking for anything in particular. I've got figures from the 2003 and Fast Forward shows. Or not in box, but everything mint. Wow, how, how nice is that? You know what? I I really appreciate it, and I've I believe it or not, I have looked up some fast forward figures just because they look really cool. They look like superhero yeah. Ninja Turtles. But <laughs> to any listeners, uh, I really appreciate the offer or future offers for hey, I'll give you figures and stuff. But you know, please don't send me anything. That's just gonna make me feel terrible. So I just I know just I, listen I, to I, this. I feel That's the same all way. I want listeners. Don't please don't send me anything. Right, yeah. right. Just a kind email. Just a kind email. Yeah, is, is, it makes our feedback. day. Read my Ninja Turtle stories. You know. Um, yes, they're good. They're great. Yeah, thank you very much. More <laughs> coming. Um, oh, awesome. But uh, yeah, please just listen. Download the podcast. You know, that's that's what I want. That's really what I want. <laughs> Absolutely, and I'll take his share of figures. Yeah, Rob needs <laughs> Turtle Van. All right. <laughs> no, man, we we appreciate it. I, I feel the same way. I always feel guilty yeah. like taking stuff. As a matter of fact, you know what? Speaking of turtle pickups, I can, can't believe I forgot this. I had a, a surprise package come in the mail the other day, and it was a waffle maker. It was a Teenage Mutant Turtles <laughs> waffle maker from one of my friends, Brian. Um, Brian Rapolo, who designed the Retro Gaming Times um, website, the, the the old one. Oh, wow. And, man, that was so nice of him. Like, he's done stuff like that before. He's he's He sent me um, uh, a big wheel. Like, a, uh, it's, it's a... <laughs> One of those put together big wheels for uh, Ninja Turtles for Grayson before Grayson was even born, and I'm like, how nice is this guy? I got to get him back for the first one. Now I got to. Uh, I feel guilty. <laughs> you know what you it's should do? Right, is just man. like send him pictures of stuff that you want to buy him. Just like, 
but you just can't <laughs> right now. Of you. And then, yeah, and then when you do buy it for him, you're kind of like, yeah, but I want this. I'm just going to send him this Polaroid. I'll, I'll send him a picture of me playing yeah. with it. This Don't text him yours. a picture. Give like Take like an actual Polaroid so you can tell him that you invested <laughs> your time in getting it developed and then mailing it. And then, you know, I don't know. So, <laughs> I, I am a terrible person. Maybe I wouldn't tell that old like lady it. at the at the garage sale. Which, no, uh, no. You'd be like, I'll take I'll – t- you'd haggle. You'd be like, uh, I'll give take you five. For it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got. Yeah. Will you take a check? Because I don't have it. Me, so. uh. <laughs> well, you know, he he mentioned something about the 2003 series that um is definitely something I want to. I have some goals for the show in, in the next year. Here's what I was thinking, and I'll just pitch this idea to you. Um, yeah. I was thinking, you know, I still want to do a weekly format because man, I, I love doing it weekly. It, oh, it's, yeah. it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And there's so much. It's so funny when I first started the show. I thought there wouldn't be enough to talk about. Oh, I, I, I really I, that was so stupid of me because there is so much to talk about. Yeah, there are so many things in Ninja Turtles, not to mention the comics. There's so many different versions of the comics, memorabilia, cartoon episodes. There's so much to cover. Here's what I was thinking that would help us cover a little bit more stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, because I definitely want to give more love to the 2003 series and other things. So here's what I'm thinking, and you just I'm just spitballing here. So you let me know what you okay. think. I was thinking week one every month, we go to the classic era. So we cover the Mirage comics, the 87 cartoon, the original Playmates figures. That's what we do on week one. Okay. Week two uh, of every month, we cover uh, volume four or the Image comics. Then we cover the 2003 cartoon, like one of those episodes, and the 2003 Playmates figures. Okay. So that's week two. And then week three, we go in chronological order with the IDW series. So we'll start, I think we're on like issue seven or eight, you know, and just work our way up the way we would with anything else. Uh, And then do the Nick cartoon, the Nickelodeon cartoon in chronological order as well as as the 2012 Playmates Mm -hmm. figures. And then for week four, we do our mutation station, you know, where we cover the the newest stuff that just came out. And then we can. And then I was thinking, in addition to that, to complement that, we could have like fan picks for toy reviews and memorabilia, things like that. That'd be really cool. Yeah, you know, that would be just going every week would be something different, a different, a different era of the Ninja Turtles. And yeah. you know what I would really like to do is just like every other. Tell me what you think of this. I would because I would, mm-hmm. I've been kicking around an idea, uh, and I just had the time to uh, come to you with it. But like maybe every other month. Uh, every second month or whatever it is, uh, we do like a themed month. You know, like every week oh, we would come back. Like it's like you know, in February, all we're going to talk about is just is just toys. So like the first week, I mean, we would have a first week of, you know, that's almost every week you would have a different version of just whatever toy you wanted to talk about. So like the first week would be the Playmates toys from the '80s. The second week would be. You know the uh, Playmates toys and the the new Nick series. Uh, the third week would be uh, non Playmates action figures, and then the fourth week would be just kind of a grab bag. What's your favorite? What is your least favorite? What What's the weirdest figure that you have? Kind of a thing. Very and, cool. You know, I mean, we could do. I mean, I remember. <laughs> I remember I knew we could do something like that because I remember when you were going to be on Bargain Bin Radio and I told you we're going to talk about breakfast cereal and you were like, great, I've got thousands of pages of notes for breakfast. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can do that, man, no problem. Oh, yeah, I mean, we can wing it with the best of them. That's right, and winging it, man. Uh, winging it. And just yeah. any, winging it or snailed it, I don't know, whichever one. 
Right, right. So, well, Snail Dead, that's a different show. Yeah. Right? That's Jazz Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, like, we could do, like, a, a animation month or, you know... That's really live cool. action month or whatever. Really figure out which one outside of the first movie is the best movie. So, <laughs> right, right. The great, yeah, because we've not covered Secret of the Use yet. I was thinking maybe we could save those for maybe anniversaries of the show, yeah. like where you cover one of the movies or something like that. Because, um, you know, that that's always going to be a, a big deal for us. You know, covering a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's so much we can cover. There's just not enough time. Like, there's another thing that I think is being neglected. The next mutation and the Archie, the original Archie series. Like yeah. I've done, I've not, we've not done enough with those series either. It's just not enough time. Yeah, and I know we've both got. I know that the both of us have the majority of the uh, Archie series. Oh and, yeah, love the original. Yeah, Archie. see, I've got the gra- and it's cool. I've got the graphic novels. You've got the single issues. Like you've got the original stuff. And well, most of them. I don't yeah. have the entire run, but I've got about fifty of them. Yeah, I've got. Well, you're not far off. I think there was only like sixty-five issues. Uh, I've got most of the reprinted graphic novels, so that's really about nice, it. Nice. Um, outside of the newest volume that came out last month, I don't have that one yet. But like you know, I would definitely love to talk about. I I am a Next Mutations defender, even though I recognize that that just kind of is the Power Rangers in sheep's clothing. I get it, <laughs> but I really love how it ties in with the old movies, and you know, I love Venus de Milo and you know the Dragon Lord and the Dream Realm. There's a lot of cool stuff there that they just didn't deliver on, you know. So, what, what, honey? <laughs> Nicole called them the Dream Beavers. Never, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> if we do a next mutation themed month, I don't even. Oh, that. dude, I'm, that's why you got me here, man. You know, come on. <laughs> so, it's just gonna be like you know, I'm gonna be sitting there with my bowl of popcorn, and you're gonna look like uh, what's his name, Malcolm McDowell in Clockwork Orange, just with like the eye drops in the eyes and the straight jacket. <laughs> Oh, no. I can see it, and it's beautiful. <laughs> Nicole may have to take my place on that one. You can have like a bargain bin radio. I've already on. tried to get her to watch it with me. She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I bought you. A, see, she gets it. It's, I bought you a Venus de Milo shirt. Isn't that enough? You know, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I told her, but honey, I bought it, and she's like, but I let you buy it. And like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, that's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweet man. Well, um. You know that, so that's what we're kind of gonna play around with, maybe in the year 2017, next year. You know, because I want to definitely cover more, yeah. and especially you know shows like the 2003 series. They're so good, yeah. and we we started off doing like the the different eras, and there's been so much new content coming out, so much kind of groundbreaking content oh, with yeah. IDW and what they're doing. You know, I mean, there's, there's, we can't not talk about it. There's like three series we're gonna be talking about now. I mean, like this series. The IDW series, TMNT Universe, and, you know, the new TMNT Batman Adventures. You know, I'm sure we're going to end up talking about that. Right. You know, I mean, right. there's so much new stuff. I mean, it, and uh, oh, sure. we'll Absolutely. get back. And you know what? I feel like it's my fault because, like, I <laughs> Turtle Flakes was a retro show until Joshua Rourke showed up and it ruined the party. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I love – but see, that that's the beauty of it. Like, as a matter of fact, um, today when I was at the comic book store – I was talking to a guy who just got into the IDW series, and I was telling him, I was like, oh, man, have you read the new one yet? He was like, no, but I'm, I'm fixing to. I said, oh, man, w- wait till you see what happens. I didn't give any spoilers, but it's just fun talking about this stuff, yeah. you know, as it's happening. Yeah, you I know? do not so, envy that guy. It's like, you, have you read the new one? No. Well, here's issues 1 through 63. You better get ready. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I want him read but, breakfast, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then actually we did uh, recently got a voicemail, so I will go ahead uh, right. and play that, and hopefully you can hear I it. I hope this I'll one, hear Josh. this one, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> let me, I'll put the microphone closer to okay. it. There it is. Hey, Rob and Josh, this is Rob, and well, I don't have a Josh, but uh, it's Rob Beach. Um, I can't comment on issue 64 right now because I'm foolishly devoted to a comic store that's 60 miles away from me. Uh, but I just want to chime in and uh, say that I am totally loving TMNT Universe. Um, yeah, it's awesome. You guys seem to feel the same way. And to say to uh, any of the other shellheads out there who are uh, maybe not currently reading the IDW comics or are behind, like, you know, if you're interested, jump on there. Like, uh, you know, it, it references other things going on in the main line. Uh, but you won't be lost. Um, it's definitely a place where you can jump in and start reading. So, yeah, just want to recommend that. And uh, also in the last episode, uh, you guys talked about kind of where the potential live-action movie goes from here. And um, Josh said some cool things that got me excited about, you know, the potential for, like, taking it back to street level and sort of scaling things down, which, uh, you know, I, I totally agree with. could be great. Um I think you also mentioned, like, maybe they could do a Netflix series or something. Um, that could be awesome. I don't know if that's feasible just for the um, the idea of, uh, you know, if you're going to have four main characters whose faces need to be a special effect, whether it's computer-generated or animatronic, I don't know if, uh, if that's going to be, like, budgeted for a TV show, but here's hoping. Anyway, I guess the, the silver lining of the current movie, or the most recent movie series possibly being dead, is that, like, hey, wait, now we have something to speculate about, and there's, you know, a lot of fun to be had there. So, anyway, uh, I, yeah, I guess I can stop rambling for now, um, but love the show, keep up the good work, Calabunga! So basically, uh, first of all, Rob, thank you so much for, for ca- giving us a call, man. I love hearing these messages on, um... Uh, our little turtle com thing. That's so cool. But he, first of all, he said that he's really enjoying the universe series right now. And, you know, he's saying to a lot of our listeners, hey, you know, if you've not jumped on board and, and read this, you won't feel too far behind. It's not like you're, you're going to know, you're not going to know what's going on. Because in a way, it does reference the main IDW run. But in a way, it, it kind of, it's definitely its own story. Yeah. You know, it's its own kind of dimension in a way. So, don't worry about you know not necessarily knowing what's going on. Although I freely admit, and maybe it's just because it was Paul Aller's storytelling at first that I wasn't used to because I'm so used to Tom Waltz. Yeah. That first issue, I had no idea what was going on right away. But then finally, by the end of the first issue, I was like, oh okay, I get it. So so Bishop's one bad dude. He's going to track down uh, these mutants for some reason. He wants uh, you know a war right away. And and you know I, I started getting it. Yeah. I'm still I'm still kind of confused where in the timeline this TMNT universe picks up because like at at with the first issue of universe you kind of feel like it's right after issue fifty, but then with issue four, issue four is that the newest one? Uh yes, just came yeah. out this week. Yeah, yeah with week. issue four, that kind of makes it feel like it came out after issue. The story started after issue sixty four, you know. True. True. So. Yeah, see, I don't I don't exactly know where 
specifically it is. I know they mentioned Alpex being gone. So. Yeah, and you know what? And and maybe that's kind of the point. Maybe it just kind of it it doesn't matter. You know, it's just after yeah. it, such and such a thing happened, this happened. You know, it's kind of like just don't worry. You don't need to know. It's just this is what happens after. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, and then he went on to say that he really liked what you mentioned about. Um, and I said, really, what Josh mentioned? I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, this is his first show. So, I, yeah, he must. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he was saying that he really liked your idea of you know when we were speculating what what we would want to see in in the new movie, and and you're just kind of taking things to the street and having more practical effects and kind of making things a little bit more. Um, scaled down yeah. in in some ways and he thought that was a really neat idea and you know he was like i'm not sure if netflix would be feasible you know financially but you never know oh you know i i i think it would be incredibly feasible because i mean like they could i don't know exactly how the business side of movies and tv shows work i i will never know so like but i could i can't see that it would cost more to do a 13 episode netflix series as opposed to a two-hour half CGI movie, you know. Yeah. I especially when you uh, work in how much they spent on advertising after the movie was made. You know, I mean, because usually the the budget of the movie is what they spend on uh, the advertising on top of the budget for the movie. You know, so I think that would work. I think you know they saw how big a Turtles movie could be. Now I think it's time that they just scale it back. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. But, yeah, so, you know, thanks for the phone call, dude. Yeah, thank you very appreciate much, it. Yeah. Rob's a good – you know, and Rob's got, a like, a skater voice. He's almost got, like, a Michelangelo voice, man. Oh, man. I, I like it. I like it. He's no Casey Kasem then, huh? So. <laughs> well, you know, there can only be one. There can, there can <laughs> only be one, yeah. And you know what? Come to think of it, I've never seen you and Casey Kasem in the same room at the same time, so. I'm just saying. I don't know. Just saying. Don't know. <laughs> It could. I mean, if you believe in magic, you know. All right, man. Well, let's get into the toy review. All right. Let's do it. Hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep. Pizza. Well, above, actually. Well, I was going to give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? It's been a little while since we've done a toy review, so I'm really excited about this. So, so the first one, uh, guys, we're, we're going to be covering today, um, we're, we're talking about the Detective Donatello toy, which blows my mind because somebody – I couldn't remember if we had covered it before because I know I've talked about this toy quite a bit because uh, it was the first one I had ever owned. But I, I was digging through the episodes. I've never officially reviewed Detective Donatello. Yeah. And anyway, so we put up a poll – you know, saying, "Hey, I want to cover a classic toy th- this week," and um, you know, we we wanted to talk about the undercover toy line mm-hmm. uh, that was released in 1990 by Playmates, and we did the poll, and Donatello won. And then somebody goes, "Wait, didn't he talk about that?" And yes, I did talk about it in episode one, and I did talk about it again when I got it boxed. Oh gosh, it was one of the later episodes, but I never formally reviewed it. So we're going to talk about Donatello, but I also wanted to kind of give some love to uh, another figure. So second place winner was Rap the Space Cadet. So <laughs> did you have either one of these? Oh yeah, growing up, Jose? yeah, I had the. I didn't have the undercover series because like they basically just put all four turtles in trench coats. But like the first <laughs> variants of the turtles that I can remember were the undercover Donatello with the trench coat and the fake rubber mask, and the Space mm-hmm. Cadet 
uh, Raphael and the samurai sewer samurai Leonardo and sewer surfer Michelangelo. Oh, nice! That was the first variants that I can. I, there may have been more, but uh, beforehand, but those are the first variants mm-hmm. I remember seeing. So yeah, I, I had all four of those when I was a kid. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and 1990 was my heyday. I think that was when I. I think that was the year I got in the turtles. I don't know if it was 89 or 90, but I do remember specifically 1990 seeing the film for the first time. Yeah. Uh, you know, knowing it was coming out, so I knew it was early 1990, maybe late 89. Uh, I remember for Detective Donatello, my grandmother, uh, she always had this rule. It was my sister's third birthday. Mm-hmm. It was in February, and we went to the skating rink. And anytime she got one of us a birthday gift, she'd always get the other a gift too. Like that was kind of her tradition. She'd always get both of us a gift. That's nice. So, yeah, she was so sweet. So what a sweet lady yeah, she was. You don't want them to be left out, you know? Right, right. So she had gotten me a Ninja Turtle. And I don't remember if I was already into the Turtles at this point or not. But I do remember that was my first one. And um, uh, first of all, the box art on this this guy, uh, love it. Love yeah. it. Um, the, the upper left corner, he's got the – Donato's got the mask on. And he's trying to take down one of the Triceratons. Shooting a Triceraton. <laughs> yeah, with, with a gun that says bang. This is what the 80s were like, folks. <laughs> People got shot on toy boxes. <laughs> yeah, and it was cool looking. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we were the Absolutely. greatest generation, you know. Oh, clearly, yeah. clearly. But let's see, what what else here do I have written down? The sculpt. Loved uh, loved the sculpt. Oh, actually, uh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I want to read some of the stuff that's on this box art. Uh, here's a description here. It says, He's the slyest super sleuth in the city. He's Don, the undercover, uh, undercover turtle, and he likes his retromutagen ooze shaken, not stirred. Equipped with a slew of secret turtle tools, Don fearlessly fights the foot from shadows of the night. Will he whip out his mutant revolver or duck behind his bulletproof briefcase and disappear into the night? No one knows, because Don can slip away when he slips on his detective disguise and mingles with the meanies. He's a cool, covert crime fighter who dances with danger. Man, lots of alliteration in that. Yeah. They, pretty good writing. They were, like, the most... They love their limericks, man. When Whoever they wrote sure the did. portraits here... <laughs> yeah. Oh, this one does him a disservice. Is, is he going to fight, or is he going to run away? And if he runs away, there are all the ways he could run. You know, so. <laughs> Very true. Very true. And, uh, and I love the specs on the back. It says, favorite movie... The Maltese Mutant. <laughs> favorite, yeah, nice touch. And then favorite saying, play it again, ma'am. So very good stuff there. That was good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else about the box art did I write down here? The back of the card shows a lot of other uh, toys that they were selling at the time, and there were quite a few out at this point. Okay, well, you've got the, uh, let's see, what did they go over, five, six, there's seven of the wacky action Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have any of these growing up. I had a couple, I had the Turtles, and that, I remember that was the only way to get a Mouser back in the day, so you had to find that one Mouser, and there's, wow. let's see here, I'll count real quick, there's 22 good guys, and then, let's see, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 15 bad guys. Wow. And this is just in the second series. I mean, this is 1990? Yeah, 1990. Yeah, yeah, 1990, according to the back of the box here. And, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you've got, like, almost 40 years here. Right. Are, are they not gorgeous figures? I mean, look how colorful each one is. Oh, dude, I, I don't know how they did this. You know, it's, yeah. when you see so many action figures nowadays that are just, like, three colors and just, like, 
Yeah. And I mean, like, if you're looking at these figures, like, if you're holding these figures in your hand, like, they have different textures. I mean, yeah, these are all plastic, but like, Ace Duck, one of my favorite figures, you swear to God, you can feel the feathers underneath his leather bomber. <laughs> <laughs> you look at Usagi Yojimbo and you can, like, see the individual rabbit hairs on him. It's ridiculous how detailed these sculpts were. Oh, and, I know. And that quality, in my opinion, that quality never faltered. I agree. You know, I agree with that a lot, yeah. I mean, like, j- just in the 1990 line, you see all these variants already, and, I mean, they, they still look great. Uh, I mean, I'm actually learning some of these figures I never even knew existed, like the um, creepy crawling splinter. I've never seen I've him never before. seen that. Yeah. I've never seen that or the the slice and dice shredder. I've never seen. It. I th- he looks familiar. I think I've seen him. Well, that's the shredder, man. Yeah, he yeah. But <laughs> but uh, you know, he he looks a lot different from like the, you know, the creepy crawly short shredder, you know, the original one. <laughs> yeah, the anorexic shredder? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, this one's a lot he's he must've been working out a little bit more in the gym. What I always had problems with that shredder figure. What were they doing with that shredder figure? I don't know. Just like, he I don't shows know. up. He's shirtless, which is like he's like Matthew McConaughey or something like that. <laughs> you know, and he was always the hardest one to stand up. Oh, was he? I don't remember that. Was he? For me, for me, he was. I can never. Uh, he and the foot soldiers. I can never stand upright. Oh man, see, I still have problems with Ace Duck. I because his feet are <laughs> his feet are wide, but they're so thin. You would think it'd be easy because they're webbed. You would think, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, you I can put him up on a wall sideways, and he'd be fine. You know, I'm looking at the back of the card right now, and I remember, I remember the clip and collect things. You know, where the description I just gave you, yeah, how you can actually cut that out. Yeah. Man, I, I bet you I did that a lot of times, and then I would cut out the little pizza points for Pizza Hut. See, I never cut those out. I just, I kept the. Uh, I mean, I, I have a folder on my uh, bookshelf with a bunch of the old cards on them, and I, I don't have that many. But I, I used to collect. I used to have the, the whole card. I would keep. Because right. I didn't want to cut into them, and I would take off. I would spend like a, a half hour trying to get the bubble off with as much of the original artwork intact. When a kid, man, good for you. You were you were a smart kid. I, I was dumb. I'm like, oh, let me just tear it open. Yeah, I don't I learned, need this anymore. I very quickly because uh, <laughs> I used to have this little Jack Russell Terrier when I was a kid, and he just ate up the original Ninja Turtle, the four Ninja Turtle uh, cards. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I got to be careful with these things because Dad isn't buying me another one. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. But uh, uh, let's see. About the figure. Okay, so accessories. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I'm jumping ahead of myself. You know what? I'm going to do this in real time. I'm grabbing my Donatello figure, my original, mm-hmm. the one that started it all. Let me go grab him. So I've got Raph and uh, Donnie here, but... Going to Donnie first, uh, the sculpt, he's a little stiffer than Raph is as far as his articulation. And, of course, with his trench coat, I guess he's got, like, the collar popped. So, really, his head can only tilt barely side to side. Yeah. But, of course, you know, he's still got the uh, elbow joints where they they twist side to side and it makes it look like his arm's broken. Um, The the arms still swivel up and down. Yeah. The legs still go back and forth. But again, with the trench coat, it kind of hinders the movements. I can't really kick the leg back too far. Yeah. Um, But it still kind of goes side to side a little. I don't know if that's a ball joint in there or if I'm just bending the plastic. Um, Keep bending it. You'll find out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I break them my first figure on air. No. And the sculpt itself, I mean, it looks great. I love the torn... 
uh, trench coat. I love the little chain that's in his pocket. And I love the knife underneath trench coat too. Yeah, like, he, yeah, dude's man. Packing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Yeah. And I and I love the elbow pads over top of the trench coat. Let's see. Uh, and then yeah, other than that, I like the hat on him. I mean, the sculpt looks great, and uh, his accessories they're they're standard. They they're pretty nice, and he gets quite a few of them. Um, he's got he's got one burnt piece of pizza, man. I was gonna say yeah, that's that's the only part that just kind of bothered me because he's got the um, detective disguise. I like that. The bulletproof case is nice. The mutant revolver's cool. The bulletproof case does it actually open up? I was just gonna ask you. I I think I'm looking on Google Images and it looks like it does open. Okay, okay, because I know I know on the back of the card you can actually see. Uh, looks like a telephone in there. Yeah. Looks like a cassette set thing in there. It's just some stickers, but and then the burnt piece of pizza, pitch black. Yeah, and you know maybe he just likes it that way. You know, I mean, I, I understand some people. Yeah, sure, you know, sure. whatever. Teach his own. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I thinking back, man, I never liked that mask that they had on him. <laughs> You know, it never it never would fit for me. I tried to put it on him; it would just always fall off. I think it just it was just like supposed to just sit there. I mean, like don't actually play with this thing on, but you know. <laughs> but I I never really cared for that mask. It worked great on the TV show, and mm-hmm. it, it's that was like the first little crack in the Ninja Turtles veneer for me, where it was kind of like, yeah, this would never work, would it? Well, sweet. Um, this so back to the figure, like prices pretty cheap. They're not expensive. Um. Let's see. Let, oh, I'm looking at the Raph one. Let me go back to the Donnie one. I've kind of learned not to buy figures on Amazon because you're gonna you're gonna pay a little bit more on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. I think Amazon overall, like my experience has been safe. It's safer on Amazon. Yeah. But you know, eBay, you're you're gonna get slightly cheaper prices. And uh, so for the loose, just the loose Detective Donatello figure, it's I found one for five ninety nine, no accessories. I found one for fourteen dollars that had the accessories, but it was unboxed. Mm-hmm. I found one boxed that had the hole punched for thirty five bucks, and then I had one unpunched. I found for forty nine ninety nine. So not ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Um. Pretty common. Yeah. Pretty common figure. I never really cared about the punched or unpunched thing, so I I'd probably. Either. Yeah, I'd probably do get the uh, the box one just because this was a sentimental one to me. But what I've always wondered this: what do you prefer? Because I've been slowly getting into the vintage figures, and you're all about the retro figures. So, what do you prefer to get? Like, let's say you have you know, price is not really an option. You know <laughs> what? What would you get? What would you want to get? Oh, if price isn't an option. Oh man, I would I would definitely get them all boxed. I love the box art. Like, I wish, I wish we could find out who drew all this awesome box art because i i think that's that has just as much appeal to the figure than the sculpt does and the accessories do i want to say like originally like the guys at mirage studios were doing it really you know like i i if i remember correctly i remember reading somewhere i think it was in like that uh definitive history of the, the visual history of the ninja turtles book I think in there it said that like the artists that created the character for Playmates, they would do the box art. So like I, I think Jim Lawson, you know, I mean we'll talk about him later. He did the Rat King box art, and uh, he did like Sergeant Bananas box art and stuff like that. And uh, oh wow, why we'll they ask him? Yeah, I, I now we're gonna find out I'm wrong, but you know the next <laughs> week we will. But like I want to say that they at least in the beginning in the early couple of uh, action yeah. figure series they they would start to uh, they they did the box arts. But you know what they need to do is they need to just make an art book of just the box arts. 
Yes, yes, I agree with that uh, I mean, wholeheartedly. I they could do a IDW could make a killing with a coffee table book of just the Playmates toys box arts. Yes. You know? Yeah. Oh man, I I would I would buy that in a heartbeat. Mm. And um, I'd buy it <sighs> twice, man. I totally right. would. <laughs> so I, you know, honestly, I I can't separate my bias from this figure. This was the one that started it all for me. So yeah. I give it a ten out of ten. I know you could gripe over the the burnt slice of pizza and the mask <laughs> and things like that, but I can't. So what about you, man? As an unbiased observer, what do you, what would you give this figure out of 10? Oh, man, out of 10, you know, probably a heck with it. You know, yeah, this is a 10 figure. I mean, there are very few, in air quotes, cheap figures that the Playmates line put out in the 80s and 90s. You know, I mean, they were all up to a certain quality that I think, you know, it, it kind of, it's a hard, a high bar for anybody to really live up to even playmates even their own ninja turtles nowadays are some of them are still not as good as those old school playmates toys uh so yeah. i would give this one a 10 for its faults and all i mean yeah the mask doesn't fit the burnt slice <laughs> of pizza is kind of it's quaint you know but yeah there's a black slice of pizza in there but the inside of the briefcase that didn't have to be as colorful as it was the stickers in there it didn't even have to open you know, yeah, exactly. You didn't need all that. You didn't need like the individual rips and tears and the in the trench coat and the uh, they didn't have to put the purple elbow and knee pads on Donatello. They could have just done the mask and that was it. Right. But they they always did go that extra mile. If I were gonna ding it on presentability, they've got the little on the uh, the pistol. He's got the little sign that says "Bang" on one side. It's "Bang" and white and red print and on the other side it's just black you know oh wow i i didn't notice that yeah. true yeah so i mean it, it there is a bit of a ding right there so maybe a nine five you know i mean this was not my first uh, ninja turtle action figure although i did have this one but my first turtle figure was a dinosaur so yeah there you go yeah, yeah so i'm always gonna have a soft spot for donatello toys so see he's the best mm-hmm <laughs> All right. Well, the, and then the next figure is once again. I mean, it's it's a beauty. I love this figure as well. I actually had this one early on too, and it's Raph the Space Cadet. Um, this won the second highest votes on our our um, page. Uh, so for this one, I, I don't remember where I had gotten this one, but I knew I know it was early on because I had a lot of memories playing with this figure. And as a matter of fact. This particular figure, I remember I used to take to the pool with me all the time. And I played with my turtles in the pool. And <laughs> my dad would fuss at me because some of the accessories would get caught in the filter. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> so, that's a good way to lose them. He'd be like, hey, man, you're going to put holes in my pool, man. That's how my dad talked to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I remember playing with this figure quite a bit. And I, yeah. I remember because it's got a sticker on the front. And I put it in the pool, the sticker pretty much fell off immediately. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, so... I, I must have lost the the fishbowl uh, really early on because I kind of forgot to even have one. <laughs> you know what, man? I mean, that fishbowl would look like crap nowadays because they just yellow with age, and I don't true, anyone true. knows how to clean that. I don't even think you can. <laughs> you know, nah, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. But yeah, once again, the box on this um, looks great. Uh, we got Raph shooting Slash on the top center. Yeah, another one where he's just just, just randomly shooting a bad guy, a bad guy. Huh? I know, I know, but what did Slash have to do with it? And what's Slash doing on the moon? Yeah, well, just how do you think he got there? 
You know, yeah. I failed to shot him in the shot him into space. Absolutely. Yeah. He's not yeah. coming back. That's how that's how rude Raphael is. He'll shoot you twice. Right. Not even think twice about it. Yep. Two in the head. You know they did. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a little dark for a family podcast. I'm really sorry uh, about that's that. That's going to be the intro. That's going to be the intro. <laughs> you want to know how I write, Raphael? That's a little peak right there. So. Right, there it is. There it is, guys. Punishment. Check it out. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. So um, uh, one thing I thought was interesting about the sketch that I never noticed before, and I know this is very nitpicky, but this mm-hmm. kind of was interesting for me because I like seeing old stuff that I knew about all my life and then learning something new about it. If you look at the the card, if you look at the front part of it, right where it says "One Giant Step for Turtle Kind," if you look down at Raph's left leg, or I guess it would be his right, but it's on the left side, there's a slice of pizza on that leg. Oh, there is, yeah, yeah. And then and you look at the top left corner, there's a slice of pizza on that leg, but there's none on the actual figure. I'm like, huh? I wonder uh, why they did uh, that. Hold on, I'm looking right now. Oh, that's a small image. Oh wow! Yeah, no, there's not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's there's none on the actual figure, but there's some on the sketch. I don't know. It's it's uh you know nitpicky, but I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you really look at the action figure, do you have the actual action figure in front of you? I do. I'm actually holding it right now. Okay, because I'm just I'm just doing a Google image search here. But are those right above the uh, the knee pads? Are those like just cargo packets? Cargo packets on his pants there? Uh yeah, yeah, okay. they are. As a matter of fact, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, what are you going to – he's got that bowl on his head. You know, what's a good piece of pizza? <laughs> if anything, it just make him sad. You know, you go to, oh, sweet, I got pizza. Oh, wait. And I'm stuck in space. <laughs> and I'm stuck in space, yeah. How did I get here? The sculpt itself looks great, man. I, I love the sculpt of this thing. Uh, lots of details, lots of rigid uh, kind of carvings all over him. Yeah. Love the squid or whatever that is, alien on his back. I know. Little, little oxygen tank. Uh, he's got this little headset. Um See, I love, of course, the sticker in the front, which I never really knew existed when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, has a bunch of things that are not labeled, but apparently the ooze tank is almost full. So I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing for him. Uh, and then the articulation on this sucker is is much better than the Donatello figure. I, yeah. I, that's one thing I can say is is really nice on this figure. The the legs move a lot more free. Uh, these, I think this one's a little easier to stand. Uh, head goes all the way around, or just about all the way around. Uh, so you can do the whole exorcist thing there. Let's see, and then the elbows, they, they twist as well. And, and yeah, yeah, articulation's pretty pretty good for, for these figures. Um, you know, as good as they can be for, for this style of mold. And uh, I another thing I thought that was really interesting about this one is that it's a lot cheaper than the Donatello figure. And I don't know why, because they both came out at the same time. I found this one to be loose with no accessories, three dollars. Loose with the accessories was uh, seven ninety five. And this is all buy it now on eBay and boxed and unpunched. I found one for nineteen eighty five. Wow! So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the box is in good condition and everything. So I don't know why it's that much cheaper, but this is a nice figure. It's definitely pretty good for your pretty good bang for your buck there. I always appreciate it when they made a figure with flat feet. Because they yeah. always had, like, the Ninja Turtles always had these, like, cocked positions where they were, like, literally about to leap at somebody. Right. Which, <laughs> I, as a kid, playing with action figures, I loved because it was really dynamic and no other action figure line was doing that. Yeah. As a 33-year-old, as an adult and a collector, and I'm just trying to put it on a shelf, 
You have no idea how many times I have to pick up figures that have fallen <laughs> over because they can't stand. And, you know, I'm walking through a room and just one knocks over. It's like, ah, oh, Raphael, you suck. I got to pick you up again. <laughs> You know, so I, I looking back in hindsight, being twenty twenty, I love the flat feet on this. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? His his accessories are pretty good too. He's got this sweet looking sword. It's called a yeah. satellite slicing space sword. Okay. So again, the alliteration yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, of course he's got his detachable helmet and his lucky laser luger. <laughs> so again, again with the again with the alliteration, man. They're all about that. Yeah. I like it. Uh, and then it says, favorite snack, freeze-dried pizza sticks, favorite number, 2001, and favorite saying, the turtle has landed. 2001. <laughs> uh, that was nice. Have you ever Have you ever had uh, astronaut ice cream? No, no, I haven't. Have you? Yeah, it's freeze-dried ice cream, man. It is good. Oh. Really good. Is that kind of like dots, the, the, the frozen dots? Is it no, like you know that? what it is? It's kind of like it. It's kind of like a wafer, but it's ice cream. Oh, really? Cream. And Ooh. it's all smooth, and it feels like when you're eating it, it's kind of like those communion wafers you get at church. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's kind of like that. <laughs> no, you know, that's an interesting uh, comparison there, so it must be heavenly. It, that's kind of what it. That's kind of what the texture is like, but it tastes like ice cream, and it's so good. Wow. If I only, You can find it on Amazon. Look up. I was going to uh, say, where do you find that? Wow! Well, awesome. You can buy it on Amazon, and you, if you ever go into Hot Topic, you can buy it there. I don't, I don't know why. Really? You can buy astronaut ice cream and Funko Pop figures there. So, <laughs> well, what else you need? What and ill-fitting no T-shirts. So yeah, Hot Topic. <laughs> True. Yeah. So uh, yeah, with this figure, uh, the last thing I'll say is the little description on the back, which I thought was really cool. It says, "Boldly going where no turtle has gone before, Raph's ready to take the foot to the final frontier." Equipped with a specially designed sewer spacesuit, Raph prepares for those pressureless moments, like when he has to blast old Krang in Dimension X. Raph's suit saturated with all kinds of clever contraptions, from a two-way long-range radio to a dual retro reptile rocket. Armed with his satellite slicing space sword and lucky laser luger, Raph's ready to blast off and knock the Foot Clan clean out of orbit. So, pretty good stuff there, man. Good wow. writing. Man. Yeah. Whose job was it to write all that? <laughs> I don't know, but man, I wish I could do that. Yeah, just it's not write funny descriptions. Enough. Do it again. <laughs> you know, somebody's getting paid for that, man. I love to write descriptions of toys because I'd have so much fun with that. <laughs> yeah, do they even do stuff like that nowadays? You know, I don't know. I I don't know. That's that's one thing I I kind of miss from the old yeah. figures is they were so individualized. You know, the box art was its own kind of thing. It was like its own toy because they were all so different. Yeah, yeah. Like that's something I wish they'd bring back from the uh, Playmates classic figures. Mm -hmm. You know, you you do have the kind of the the old classic brickwork in the background, the old sketch of that, which which still looks great. It looks awesome, but the back talk about the reprints, the the reissue. Yeah, yeah. Right, the back's the same card for all the turtles. You know, so that's one thing that kind of takes a little bit away. I think I, I real I think like my favorite ones were I mean like the reprints they did for the 25th anniversary like around 2009 where oh, yeah. it had it everyone had the same card but it was a little bit of everybody it was all the turtles Splinter Casey and April and a bunch of the villains all crammed on one card that one's definitely really cool yeah so, right yeah. yeah so uh so how many slices of pizza would you give this one man oh man this one's probably a, a, under another nine. 
nine and a half, somewhere around there. I yeah. like the, I like the undercover one a little bit better because that ties into the to the cartoon a little bit more. I don't ever remember them going into space. <laughs> they probably did, but I don't. They probably did, but like to this degree, where it was just like, it's kind of like they look like they walk off uh, that movie, the right stuff. They just right. kinda, you know, just walked right out of there and hey, America's <laughs> heroes, you know, just kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'd give this one a ten too. I mean, I don't think it's any better or any worse than the the Donatello one. I mean, yeah. I just it looks great. Uh, the undercover line is actually one of my favorite variant lines they did, yeah. um, and it's an early one, and I just. I love this figure. I love the accessories. I love that it's a little bit more articulate than the the Donatello figure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's colorful. The scope looks great. It's just it's everything you could want for a Ninja Turtle toy. So I got to give it a ten. I mean, yeah. you know, great stuff. Definitely mm-hmm. sweet. Um, I almost forgot our news, so let me get to that real quick. So, uh, big thanks again to Thaddeus Manning for providing the news for this week. Um, and he gave us a lot of uh, uh, great comic books that are coming up in collections. So he says, um, first off is TMNT Volume 16, Chasing the Phantoms, Chasing Phantom Story Arc. Yeah, so the Chasing Phantom Story Arc, that comes out on April 11, 2017. So it'll be a few months. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's and uh, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really hard. I, I can't remember which issues it covers. I guess it would be. It'll be 64. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got yeah. you. A little bit shorter than the other ones are usually five issues. This one's only going to be four. So gotcha. twenty bucks says put in like issue sixty-one to sixty-four and the first issue of TMNT Universe or something like that. Right. Right. So. Because yeah. the TMNT Universe uh, first collection comes out at the same time, I think like a week later. Yeah, you're out. exactly right. Yeah, TMNT Universe Volume 1, the trade paperback, uh, it comes yeah. out on April 18th of 2017, yeah. and that'll be issues 1 through 5. Yep, IDW's got nothing to worry about for me. They're pre-ordered already. So, you know. Man, look at you, man, proactive. Jeez, no kidding. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm it, somebody's going to spend my money. It might as well be me. So. Right. <laughs> I hear you. Let's see, and then TMNT, the IDW Collection, Volume 4, the hardcover, uh, which covers issues 29 through 37. That comes out not too far from now, January 31st of 2017. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a little over a month away. All right. Yeah, and then uh, speaking of the January releases, it looks like TMNT cover art, the cover art book that actually Rob Veach was mentioning, that comes out, looks like January 3rd of 2017. So that's 16 posters drawn by Kevin Eastman. You going to pick any of that up? I'll probably get the posters. I, I, I do like the Kevin Eastman stuff. And, you know, since I've got a lot of the individual IDWs, I probably won't pick up the collections. Um, yeah. Although a hardcover of the universe would be pretty cool. Is that going to be hardcover? <sighs> I wrote that down, but I might have, that might just be wrong. <laughs> Knowing me, it's probably wrong. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's right. I'll tell you one thing we're both really um, excited about, though. Uh, something we found out a little earlier this week, thanks to Thaddeus. It's, um, it's a book coming out in September. It's called Matt McNabb's TMNT Collectibles. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This, this looks awesome. It's basically – I read the description on the back, and it's basically this, this ha- paperback book. It's not like written like a comic book. It's an actual book uh, that covers a lot of the classic memorabilia uh, ranging from 1988 to 1995, it's said on the back. And yeah. it's not just – talking about the main toy line but it's also talking about some of the more obscure stuff like school supplies fast food toys and just some random things that ninja turtles was all about so man there's so much of that that's been lost to history at least it seems so it'll be so cool to actually see it all archived in one book so yeah i I could start searching that up on ebay see if i could find some of this obscure stuff yeah definitely you know i mean um i've definitely been wanting to see for a long time now, uh, just see a, a book about, about the history of the toys, you know, especially the early Playmate stuff. You know, I mean, I someday, someday, somehow, there's going to be a giant hardcover tome of these old Playmate stuff. You know, it's going to happen. I hope you so. know it's going to be ridiculously <laughs> priced, and, and but you know, whatever. But I, I'm I'm really excited to see because this is going to be a little paperback. Uh, not little paper, not grocery store paperback or anything. It's going to be <laughs> a paperback uh, book from an independent writer. So support your indie book authors, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, great, great books coming out. Uh, Matt McNabb's uh, TMNT Collectibles. It looks like it's going to be coming out September 1st of 2017. So go ahead and pre-order it now. You can check it out on um, on Amazon, and you can pre-order it right away. Yeah. And then the, the last thing I found <laughs> this morning was a Mario Paint uh, uh, 1987 introduction to the cartoon um, video. So somebody reenacted the original uh, cartoon intro through <laughs> Mario Paint, and I can't even imagine how long that have, that has taken. Oh wow! <laughs> but it looks great. It looks. I how mean, it's spot on. Do that on Mario Paint. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how he did it. But apparently, uh, Matt Matei, who I think he's the guy that works with James Rolfe with the Angry Video Gamer. Oh, okay. Matt yeah. Matei, he actually created this, and it is, it looks great. So I'll, I'll provide a link to the show notes to show you the video for it. If you have not seen it, it is, is awesome. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to see now. Now my interest is peaked. I'd like to see it. Yeah. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's Comic Classroom. Prepare to be screwed. All right, so. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of Turtle Flakes Podcast presents the IDW Mutation Station. Beautiful. With issue 64. 64. Is this episode 64 or 65? This is 64. Is it? Oh, I planned it. I planned it. All right. Yeah, it's our golden <laughs> birthday. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And to celebrate, we're just going to say this comic is good. Read it. Buy it. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It was really good. Really good. I think we all know what we want to talk about with this issue, you know? Big time. Yeah. There's there's like three really big things that happen here. Four, really. And it starts off right right away with action. Um, so you the oh, I'll just story so far. It says, Splinter leads the Foot Clan on an assault on the Street Phantoms, and the Turtles' ally, Harold, is stuck in the middle of the melee. So the Purple Dragons, it starts off with Casey Jones leading the Purple Dragons as they're starting to beat up the... Um, who are these guys? Is this the... I have no clue. I think that these... <laughs> are these just kind of like um, the Street Phantoms just like gang that they haven't given cloaks to yet or something like that? So so if you think the Street Phantoms are lame, how do you feel about the people who work for the Street Phantoms? Yeah, how do you think about... What do you feel about the people that can't even be the lamest supervillains <laughs> there are? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I'll tell you one thing I really like is the purple dragon on Casey's mask. Oh, yeah. And, well, all of them are wearing those masks, too. I thought, like, that was oh, the one yeah. kind of continuity error. I was like, how did you have time to make all of those? <laughs> Do they have a backup supply? They have, I mean, you know, just in case. Right. I got this stencil made up and 400 <laughs> hockey masks, identical hockey masks here. Right, right. I mean, that's a good point because, you know, it makes it sound like Casey that same night got the gang, you know, uh, converted the Purple Dragon guys. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, didn't have a lot of time there. But, I mean, all joking aside, it definitely looks cool. It yeah. looks – I love how it, they've all got a uniform look with the mask and everything. And, man, so many figure variants that we're never going to get. <laughs> right. I know. I know. Yeah, so the Turtles, they make short work of the gang, and the Turtles decide that they're going to they're gonna go all in with the, the Foot Clan thing and attack the Street Phantoms head on. And there's a great, great panel. It's just – or a great page. It's an entire page where – Leonardo's right in the center, Raph's to his left, and then Donnie and Mikey are to his right, and uh, Splinter's in the background with the whole foot soldier crew right behind him. Yeah, they're charging. There's got to be 20 foot soldiers there. Yeah. Oh, big time. And they're charging, just hopping over buildings and fire escapes. It looks such a great, great shot there. And I think, I think it would be uh, worthy of note to uh, mention that the Turtles just now in this uh, fight that they had with these Goombas here, they... Uh, <laughs> Just found out that Casey Jones was sent to take over the Purple Dragons by Splinter. The Turtles had no idea about True, this. True, yeah. That's, and once again, a secret. Yeah, and Casey Jones didn't know that Splinter was keeping it from him. There's some shady stuff going on. I mean, there there really is. The, tur- the Turtles, they, they discovered some things in the last issue, which unfortunately we weren't able to publish that, that episode um, yet um, we'll put that in one of the lost episodes, I guess. But yeah, yeah, there were some things in that issue where the turtles like, wait, wait, you didn't tell us you were going to do this, uh, and it just kind of takes it to another level in this issue. So, so we get a cutaway to uh, Libby and Harold uh, having a really interesting exchange here. And I thought, you know, it's funny as I was reading this, I was like, something's going to happen to Libby. She's giving way too much dialogue, and and she's not, she's revealing way too much of her feelings here. Something's going to happen to her. Yeah, you know, at least I mean, spoilers just, you know, just because but I mean they don't kill Libby, but they definitely do take her down a peg. One of the street phantoms does anyway, but like I this is like the one part of the comic that just kind of feels out of place. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, I mean, but to be fair though, I mean, I love this. I love this exchange. Libby and Harold uh both scientists, both incredibly headstrong and stubborn scientists. You can tell they fell in love with each other a long time ago, probably because they were competing with each other. And that's obviously a sore spot. And Libby and Harold, even though they're divorced, they still love each other. And they are Libby on her part. She is trying to reach Harold and let him know that that is still there. And I love that. I I mean, you rarely see that in superhero comics or in comics in general. But it seems like they're doing it at the wrong time where there's ninjas and gang members <laughs> and guns blazing all around them. And she's in a mech suit while she's talking about it, all this. Yeah, true, true. It is kind of funny when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it really is kind of like, you know, why didn't you just send a meeting? We can go get some coffee and we right. can talk about this. After I escape the Street Phantoms. Why don't we escape and, you know, save our lives really quick? <laughs> So right after that, um, 
Oh no no I'm sorry uh, Darius Dunn the the in, the infamous guy we were talking about before um, the kingpin that, that, yeah. the kingpin that gets what he wants I mean anybody with a monocle you don't mess with them mm-hmm. especially the monopoly <laughs> guy if you pass go you uh, better collect that two hundred dollars oh man he's gonna put you in jail that's yeah. right <laughs> so um, you know he's watching the Foot Clan come up you know with, with Splinter leading the charge he's watching this all through security cameras and you kind of it's it's great you start getting this this build up because you're going to see the final confrontation you know the antagonist and the protagonist so yeah darius dunny you know kind of does the whole fist pump thing there he goes uh lethal force authorized yeah he has his thanos moment yeah yeah he does he really does fine i'll do it myself yeah, yeah he's like i'll go get him so yeah. let's see so the turtles they break into uh darius's lab so they're taking the fight to the street phantoms and all decked out in gear that Donatello made, anti anti street phantom gear. Oh yeah, yeah. Big I'm time. so happy they didn't call it that, but that's what it <laughs> is. You know, because that would have been a little bit too cartoony. Where like they've got like VR, not VR, but they've got like infrared goggles and stuff, and they've got EMP gloves, and they're they are dressed to the nines for battle. <laughs> it's really cool. Oh, big time! And I love, I mean, just just the layout of some of these scenes too, where the turtles are going down uh, the stairs, uh, fighting the street phantoms as they're making their way down. Just, yeah. just gets, just looks great. Looks great. The action scenes are great. And I don't, I don't think it's been mentioned. I don't know if you uh, have ever mentioned this, or if you and Josh Witt or Landon have ever mentioned just the design of the Foot Clan. Man, do I love the design of the Foot Clan in this series. It it looks very very similar to the Mirage comics, but oh, they've got yeah. this they've got like this weird looking like metal headband with a foot insignia in the middle of it, and just somehow with the red eye pieces that just look so intimidating. They don't look like just idiots, you know. No. They don't look like <laughs> drones, you know. They don't look like something that could be taken down easily. Although I kind of always appreciated the uh, monkey. Foot Clan guys from the first season of uh, the cartoon. Yeah, the robot ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they. I don't know. Like, if you watch the first season, they walk like they're like orangutans. I don't know why. They fix that later on. I have no clue. Do they ever fix it? Uh, yeah, they they start walking like normal human beings. Like, even though they're still robots, I guess uh, to kind of avoid the whole violence thing. But yeah, like the first few episodes, like season one, they they walk yeah. around like they're monkeys. I wonder if they had to do that because that's how the toy was designed, and they didn't want to confuse people. Oh, true, true. You know, I, I wonder if that's what it was. They did have really big arms, or really long arms, the toys did. They did, yeah. They, yeah. Looked, they, they were just like a homunculus somehow. You know, I know. Just, or maybe they weren't because that's perfectly proportional. Never mind. <laughs> Join us next week where Josh tries to sound smarter. So. <laughs> Another new segment. Yeah, the new segment is Josh Tries. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so, uh, so cut away back to um, Harold and uh, Lily, and she's trying. She's like chasing him in this mech suit. Like, no, I love you. Can't you see I love you? And he's like, uh, sorry, lady. <laughs> yeah, that'll win him over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, he got this face saying, "No, I love you. I love you." So she eventually, you know, she says, "Fine, we'll do it your way." She takes all her mech equipment off, and she says. Listen to me. I know what I did to you in the past, leaving you like I did. I know it was a mistake. To be completely frank, I've known her for a while. And this is where I knew, oh, she's going to get it. She's going to get it because she just keeps going <laughs> with this with this monologue. You know, She keeps going, you're right. Money can't buy things that are truly important. I thought it could when I left you. I mean, all those wonderful inventions that you and I created together, all those amazing patents that we shared, and we were barely getting by. 
It seems su- like such a co- colossal waste of time and energy and talent. Endless hours slaving in the lab and nothing to show for it. Or so I believed. And then during this time, you got this street fan. I'm like, you know, is peeking around the corner as she's pouring her heart out to poor Harold. But bottom line is, she just says she messed up in the past and she yeah. misses him. You know, she was blinded by greed. She wanted to make money. And, you know, Dunn was a pretty high paying guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but then she realized she still wasn't happy. And here's where she kind of drops the bombshell. She says, I love you, Harold. And Harold, you know, he finally kind of starts softening a little bit. And at that very moment, the street phantom stabs her. Yeah, which was a little shocking. I mean, I, I had a feeling something was going to happen. But uh, to actually show her being stabbed on a panel, it's yeah, pretty violent. And in yeah. a pretty gruesome way, too. I mean, they don't show the actual impact. They show the aftermath of it. But she is – this is not her best day. You know, no. she's <laughs> – She's gonna have on a stomach ground, ache. clutching at her, clutching at her midsection, and Harold is about to be attacked too. And you know the turtles, and actually it's Angel that takes out the yeah. street. And this is just another heartbreaking moment because I think, I think this is like the first time you ever saw Harold smile in like the last True. what thirty issues that he's been in. Yeah. Um, and. Donatello immediately goes to because uh, the turtles have shown up. Donatello immediately goes to uh, Harold and Libby's aid, and he asks if they're okay. And Libby says, "Are these your new partners?" And Harold says, "No, not anymore." And wow, he throws yeah. down the gauntlet, man. He tells Donatello that his life was fine until he, until his life was invaded by the Ninja Turtles, and he just says, "All of your." I mean, he actually tells. Tells Donatello that he creates, you destroy. No more. I'm done. Yeah. He says, get away from me before you bring any more destruction onto my life. What he says, though, kind of makes me think. I'm surprised this hasn't happened sooner with a character, you know? Just just one of the humans that says, hey, look, I love you guys, but I can't hang around with you anymore because you guys bring so much trouble. Uh, unintentionally. But, you know, basically the turtles are targets. You know, anybody who's associated with them, they invariably become targets. Yeah, you know, I wonder if it's just if if Libby hadn't gotten hurt, would he feel this way? You know, I, I mean, this is just the straw that broke the camel's back because he's probably mad that Angel is running around in his weapon weaponized suit, the uh, and going around being a vigilante. He's probably mad that Metalhead got destroyed a couple of times already. You know, he's he's probably upset that he's had a couple of teleporters destroyed, you know, um, and but those were all just things. And now his ex-wife was hurt because of the, his involvement with the Ninja Turtles. And it's just that's all he can stand. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. You yeah. Know? Yeah. True. Is it camel's back or horse's back? How is her camel? Camel. OK. I'm guessing it's a camel. It's the straw that really hurts something very big. So, right, right. The Triceraton's yeah. back. The Triceraton's back, yeah. There you go. Straw. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so finally the turtles, you know, they kind of take a tongue lashing from Harold, and uh, they're like, well, it's time for us to go. we, we got to deal with Dunn. And yeah. um, we get this amazing fight scene where Dunn is making short work of the <laughs> foot soldiers. He takes out like 50 foot soldiers, man. Oh, I know. He's, he's like three times the size of the guys, and... Um, there, there's one, even one scene where he's cracking two soldiers' uh, heads together. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's got to hurt. 
And then you get the big showdown. I mean, this is where things get crazy. I think this is probably the most shocking moment of the entire book. Splinter, he uh, confronts Dunn. And it's the big showdown we've been waiting for. And Splinter yeah. says, he even kind of throws down the gauntlet in a way. He says, it'll be an honor to fight you. Because uh, he knows that it's going to be him against Dunn. You know, he yeah. doesn't want any more people just fighting. And Leo goes, father? And he goes, no. He's mine, and then done. He doesn't. He doesn't waste any time. He goes filthy mutant. Um. So this fight scene, it's incredibly quick, and it's probably just you know not just because of you know amount of pages that they have or don't have, but it's pro- it's a very quick fight, and it just shows you how much of a master at combat that Splinter actually is because he takes he takes Darius out in like three hits. You know, he evades a couple of hits. Uh, Knocks the wind out of Darius and then punches him out, punches him onto the ground. You know, which which goes to show you how good Splinter is because Darius made short work of the foot soldiers. Yeah, and Darius is like probably got like two hundred pounds on Splinter. He's yeah, huge. <laughs> this dude, the house. You could show a movie on his back. You know, <laughs> this dude is crazy looking, and. This whole time, Spur is just cool and confident, and this whole time he's just explaining, "You're you're done. This fight was over as soon as you started it." And he tells him, "Darius is on the ground," and Splinter says, "You're defeated." He says, "As as a master, I am honor bound to offer you the terms of surrender." We will take control of all of your resources, your facilities, your financial holdings, and your technologies. Everything that was yours will now be ours. And in exchange, you will keep your life. And this whole time, the Ninja Turtles are just looking at each other like, uh... Wait, what? (laughs) Did you know that this was going to happen? Did you get the memo? (laughs) Yeah, and Michelangelo is the one that says it. And this whole time, for the last 14 issues... Michelangelo has been saying, no, I am no longer part of the team. I will be part of the team when you guys realize what's really going on. And basically, Michelangelo has been against the Ninja Turtles' involvement with the Foot Clan since Shredder dying. Um, Left Splinter, the leader of the Foot Clan. Michelangelo has just had this instinctive feeling of no we do not belong here and this is exactly why it's because splinter has become just uh, he is a war he goes on and talks about how he is a warlord now you know he's at war this is what they do he's going to take all of darius's resources not just because he wants to beat darius but also he explains it later as it's a survival method true very it's true. Just what we have to do, you know. And and Harold, he he's not backing down. Uh, and Splinter, he he lays it out pretty plainly. He said, "Look, I'll let you live. That that's that is the only deal." And and Dunn, he goes, "Pompous, delusional rat! My life isn't yours to begin with. I'll never surrender you." And he says, "I swear to you, some way, somehow, I'll destroy you, mutant." But not before I force you to watch your precious green monsters die slow, painful, pathetic deaths right before your beady little rotten eyes. So yeah. even you know, even as he's exposed, even as he is vulnerable to Splinter, he's not backing down. He's not afraid. Yeah, he doesn't care. Oh, yeah, but Splinter's cold look right after that, he goes, very well. 
And this is it. This is the big shocker. Why don't you describe yeah. this, Hosehead? Okay, so Splinter just says assassin now, and he orders, and then you realize that uh, Darius was stabbed through the chest by Annika. Yeah, kind of forgot all about her. I know, you hadn't seen her in, like, what, three issues? Two issues at least? She's been hiding out. You didn't even see her in the room. She was just kind of there waiting. Even the street phantoms are just shocked at this because... This is probably outside of Shredder dying. This is, well, I, even more so, I think. This is probably the most brutal death that you've seen in this comic. True. And, yeah, Donatello dying was a bigger deal, but you didn't actually see that happen. True. You see Darius get stabbed through through his chest, and yeah. he falls onto the ground, crashed, dead. He is out. There is no putting his consciousness into another body trick here. He is <laughs> You know, you make up a good point, too. I I do think this is one of the most shocking moments because Darius is a big deal. Don't get me wrong. He's a major villain, but he's no Shredder. Shredder, yeah. deserved, Shredder deserved what what he had gotten, and it was pretty shocking. I mean, I'll admit at the time that was, that was probably one of the most shocking things to date. But, see, here we see Darius Dunn, he's not a major villain. And Splinter killed him. Yeah, he was on his way to being a major. But I was really interested. I mean, this is Me where too. this is where I start to just kind of say because it's so good and it's done so well. I'm just kind of angry about that. Not angry, but I'm just kind of kind of disappointed that we'll never get to see Darius again because this is a villain that I really liked. I mean, like this dude was intelligent. He was yep. eloquent soft-spoken but he was just this massive mound of just power you know right physically and figuratively this dude was a he was on his way to being a shredder villain and that rug got pulled out from under us you right know? right well i mean they gave him time too like in that one issue i think it was 62 I think maybe where they had his backstory, you're thinking, oh, this guy's going to be around for a while, you know, because they're giving this much information on him. He's going he's gonna to be around for a long time, and I already liked him. I, I was the same way you are, and that's part of what made this so shocking. It's like, wow, he's done. You, you don't come yeah. back from that. And I, I was completely shocked. Um, I, I knew Splinter was going to do something like this soon, but I didn't think it would be Darius. I, I, I thought Darius would be around for quite some time. Yeah, I was I was really hoping, yeah, because I this is there was finally a villain that I didn't start hating and <laughs> then ended up liking because like I mean I, I know I'm always gonna hate Baxter Stockman, but I mean there was all of these villains with the exception of Shredder, because I think everybody loves Shredder. Mm-hmm. Um all of these villains have been kinda like old Hob for me, where I just can't stand old Hob, but I, I hate that I love old Hob, you know? <laughs> I really do, because I just I feel sympathy for old Hob. I know exactly why he is the way he is. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Darius, from from word one, I just liked this guy. He was just... I've never seen... You, you don't really see the Ninja Turtles, at least lately, you don't see them really take on... I don't want to say mafia type characters, but like like this guy could be like the Ninja Turtles version of Lex Luthor, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where like this dude has probably unlimited resources, and he's a phys- and he's a super physical threat. That that's really cool. That's like the best of both worlds there, and 
now we'll we'll never know. Right. I almost kind of saw him like as an agent agent bishop character. You know, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but you know, now we'll never know unless they do something with him, which I don't know how they could do that. But they've done oh, it before. They, they really <laughs> I really hope they don't. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I actually don't want them to, you know, revive him in in some way or somehow he makes it out alive. I I, I don't want that to happen. And it looks pretty definitive right now. But then again, I I remember when Donatello was killed. It looked pretty definitive yeah, to some degree. Hello, you know. True. You're right. You're right. Very true. The only thing that they could do, if you want more of Darius Dunn, is like do another villains micro micro series. Yeah, backstory. Yeah, that'd yeah. Be good. I would love to see like his rise to power. You know, that could be a really cool miniseries. You know, like just another five issue. Hey, IDW, if you're listening, I'm giving you a story idea. <laughs> you know, just do like a maybe not five issues, but do like a two issue miniseries of you know the rise of Darius Dunn. I mean, that would be really cool. Oh yeah, because. Darn it, this is a villain that I really liked, and I'm actually kind of sad to see him go. I was, too. I was, too. I was, I was hoping this was going to be the next, like, five years worth of comics was the Turtles dealing with this guy. Yeah, yeah, he goes away for a little while, then he comes back, you know, like they all do, but... Yeah, but to be fair, I know exactly why they did it, and that's because you needed to have this moment where the Turtles are just like, no, no more. And in yeah. fact, Donatello even he did it again. He went behind our backs again for like the fifth time tonight. Where the issue goes off the rails even more so. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say just just the way they react, um, they they all stand up to him. I mean, visibly and and um, by their dialogue, you you can see it. You know, they are all completely shocked. And uh, Michelangelo goes, "I I can't, guys. I can't do this anymore. It's just too insane." He walks yeah. off, and Donatello, he, he's right there with him. He says, Mikey's right. He's been right all along. Yep. And, and uh, Raphael, too. Raphael is like, this isn't us. Not He says, this is not us. Not one stinking bit of it. Yeah. And then Leo's the only one who sticks around, and he's like, Master, this is wrong. What are you doing? We're not murderers. And then um, you want to do a little radio drama? Oh, boy. What are we doing? Do Would you like to be Leo, or would you like to be Sinner? Oh man, I don't know. I'll be I'll be I'll be Splinter. I'll be okay. Splinter. All right. Okay. So he says, "In another lifetime, I swore to my to your dying mother that I would do all in my power to protect you and your brothers from the dangers posed by the Foot Clan and keep you safe and alive. I failed then, and I am failing now in this second life that we have been given. You and your brothers are not safe with me. Perhaps you never have been." Uh, he says, I have kept secrets from you, and I apologize for the ruse, but not the purpose. The strong loyalty you all possess forced drastic measures on my part to accomplish my goal to send you from the dangers that surround me as master of the Foot Clan. If I cannot protect you while you're in my care, perhaps I can do so by driving you away. Your brothers have made their decision, and now you must do so as well. I can no longer lead them, Leonardo. That duty falls to you. And then Leo walks away, and it's such a heartbreaking panel, too, because you have Splinter kind of looking down. almost looks like he's crying. Yeah. And at the same time, you got Leonardo looking away as he's walking, walking away, and he looks like he's about to cry, and he goes, I, I understand, Master. And then you just sure. see this, this one shot of Splinter looking down, you know, and then he kind of goes back to business. 
And he says, uh, remove the cloaks from the prisoners. And then the <laughs> the uh, street phantom guys are like, well, what do we do now? You going to slice and dice us too? Oh, God. And the street phantoms are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they talk like idiots. Okay. Yeah, it's like they got one last cheesy line. And then yeah, um, but Tom Waltz is great. He's such a great writer. Oh yeah, and then uh, <laughs> and then Sam Street Phantoms. Oh yeah, and then uh, I love what I do like what Splinter does here. He goes, he goes, no, then you are free to go, and when you do, be certain to share with others like yourselves the important lesson that you've witnessed to this or you've witnessed this day. The Foot Clan is not to be trifled with. And man, dun, so dun, dun. yeah, he goes from super, super sad, and I, I kind of under almost get what he's saying, and you know, having to drive his sons away just to protect them. Yeah. But then he gets right back into business mode at the very end. He says the Foot Clan is not to be trifled with. So yeah, and you know what? I, I, the thing that I really like about this is that I like it, and I kind of, it kind of makes me pause about Leonardo because. Splinter still had to tell Leonardo to leave. Like, Leonardo was kind of... It seemed to me that Leonardo was going to stay with Splinter. Possibly, yeah. Until Splinter told him, nope, your place isn't here with me anymore, but you need to watch over your brother. So he was still waiting for Splinter to tell him what to do. There's so many great metaphors for growing up and leaving your own house because, like... Your parents make all of your decisions for you, and then you leave, and then the decisions fall on you. You know, it's like, what are you going to do? Well, we'll find out now. Right. <laughs> so my question to you is this. Uh-huh. Are you a Team Turtle or are you Team Splinter? Like, uh, who, who, if you had to pick a side, who would you side with? Who's right? Oh, no, the Turtles. I mean, yes, Splinter is right in what he did. And I think the reason he never told the Turtles about them, about what they were going to do, was because they wouldn't have gone with it. And Splinter knows that. Yeah. You know, and, but the Turtles were right to walk away. Um, If for no other reason, it makes for very interesting stories that could possibly be told in the future. Um, But yeah, I mean, Splinter, Splinter used their friend Harold as bait. He told casey jones to fight the entirety of the purple dragons by himself without knowing if casey could and you know who knows who knows what he's got april doing um and he kept uh viable information from every single one of the turtles you know the turtles didn't know anything about what was going on and and he never once said they would defeat the street phantoms he said he was going to destroy them he was going to kill them he was going to you know do everything but stop them you know yeah yeah man i don't know <sighs> with splinter you know he, he's always been kind of a wartime splinter i mean he, i i think a lot of times we grow accustomed to you know the 1987's peaceful tranquil you know yeah. cartoon splinter but you you mentioned this a couple episodes ago you know the very first issue here he was training the turtles to kill Rokusaki, you know, yeah. the very first issue. Yeah. So, you know, th- that Splinter's always been around. Yeah. In any other in any other storytelling, he would be the villain. Right. Very true. Very yeah, good point. I mean, he trained children to kill for him. Very, very good point, you know. Yeah. And I tend to think, I don't know, part of me thinks Michelangelo 
might have been okay early on i think michelangelo was a little bit too um what's the word he was too bullheaded about it you know? yeah he just seemed a little bit too he rejected the idea so quickly but I understand why he did it, though. I mean, I get it. Oh yeah, I get his motivation. I we're get just it. Supposed to side with these people that have been trying to kill us for fifty comics already, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I I get it. I get it. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess I see both sides to it. Yeah. But if I had to choose a side, I think I'm with you. I think the turtles. I think they finally realize how are we that different from them? How are we any better than they are at this point? And Splinter. I don't know if he's doing just to prove a point and drive them away. I think it's more than that because guess what? When he drives Leo away, he's not like, okay, my job here is done. All right, I'm, I'm leaving the Foot Clan. I'm done. All right? No. He's like, hey, you tell your men. You tell everyone you can that the Foot Clan is not to be messed with. Yeah. So he, he has full intentions on keeping his empire, his, yeah. his Foot Clan, you know, running the city. So – that kind of opens up a lot of possibilities too later on. You know, will the turtles somehow have to fight against Splinter and his Foot Clan somehow? You know, and it makes you wonder if somehow the writing will get there. I still think something's going to happen to Splinter, though. I, I just got that feeling because he's the I'm, head of the Foot Clan. I'm still banking on it. It's going to come down. It, it, I'm thinking. I used to think like I was just thinking just now that like Leonardo and Splinter were going to have a fight. Yeah. I, I kind of think that it's going to be Raphael because. Or, or maybe Michelangelo. I mean, how how just banana crazy would it be to see a, a dra- an actual fight between Splinter and Michelangelo? Like wow. the one turtle nobody expected it from. You know, because, I mean, let's be honest. We all just kind of think of Michelangelo as the party dude. He's, you know, he's cowabunga and pizza time all over the place. But, like, the last 14 issues have slowly revealed the fact that there's a lot more to him. Where, like, he, I mean, it was kind of drastic, his decision to be like, nope, I'm not part of this, I'll see you later, you guys are always welcome to come with me, but I'm out. And yeah, he's he the first just, one. He was the first one to realize, nope, this is wrong, and you guys will all know about it soon. You know, but, and one day, I think, like, Michelangelo, I think it's going to come down to the Turtles fighting Splinter. One I do, too. Day, but I, I kind of, my hope is that it is Michelangelo, because it that's the one that makes the most sense. Yeah. You know, where it's, it's going to be Michelangelo being like, no, I will not let you do this to our family again. And there's only one way for me to do that. You know, I, yeah. I, I kind of have to break my one rule now, you know? I I think that's kind of where it's heading. Because, you know, now they're going separate ways. You know they're going to encounter each other again. Will they be yeah. fighting alongside each other again for a mutual goal? Or will they be fighting against each other one day? You know, it, Splinter's not going anywhere, you know. And the Foot Clan's yeah. not going anywhere. They're just as power powerful, if not more powerful, than they were before. So, <laughs> I think it's well, like, just inevitable. Yeah, like here's two ways it could go. There's um, all those Utrams that were woken up by Fugitoid that mm-hmm. are seemingly peaceful. Yeah, that could just be <laughs> trying to live their lives stranded on Earth. And Splinter's going to be like, remember the last time we saw one of them? His name was Krang. I'm going to take them out. And the turtles be like, no, they're cool. Ah. Leave them alone. And then that's where that friction starts. Or another way it could go is like, hey, there's this team of mutants that old Hob is running around with. And half of those people tried killing us one at one time or another. So I'm take them out. And Michelangelo is going to be like, no, that's my that's my team right there. 
Yeah, yeah. You're not going to touch them, and then there's that friction there. You know, there, there's two ways it could go. I mean, and since I predicted it, it's probably going to go neither <laughs> way. <laughs> or, or you know, they they have to work together because Crank comes back. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be that would be cool because Crank still is out there. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's in Neutrino Jail, or mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be Crank. I think it's going to be uh, Chirrell. Oh, okay. I, I completely forgot about him up until just now. Yeah. Uh, but he's still in stasis, and Churrell was Shredder in the 2003 series. that got to be somebody. It, yeah. It, it, they're not just going to show him once in one panel on one issue. Right. He's going to be next year's villain, you know? Ah, interesting stuff, man. Interesting stuff. So I guess the the big question is, man, how many slices of pizza would you give this particular issue? I'd give this one a nine. It's it's almost a ten, just because the whole thing with Libby and Harold just seems a little out of place. Even though I like it as as I really really enjoy it, it just seems out of place. And and oh, I got to give this one a a bit of a ding, just because it really took out a villain that I was really enjoying <laughs> and I wanted to see more from and. That's gone. <laughs> yeah, I think a nine is a very, very good uh, score for this one because it's got. I think it's finally got the payoff that we were we were wanting. You know, we, we knew it was going to happen soon. We knew that they were going to part ways soon. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty dramatic fashion. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you. I think the Harold thing. I, I understand why they did it, yeah. but at the same time, it did seem a little um, out of place. I maybe a little bit. Like it seemed like this would have been in, that would have been in the beginning of issue sixty five when yeah. the after yeah. of everything and then they have finally have a moment to talk. True, and uh, I, I guess that's the only thing I could think of that I have a problem with with this issue. Um, yeah, and, and it's done and it's done incredibly well too. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree, and I like that the the turtles you know they hold on to their integrity and they they finally take a stand. You know, that's their dad. This is the guy that, you know, they've taken advice from all their lives. Yeah. All their multiple lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, finally they, they realize enough, enough. We got this is not us. And I, I like that. You know, it, it's taken a lot of issues for them to realize that. But, you know, we finally get some payoff here. It's it's pretty good stuff. So I'd give it nine slices of pizza out of ten. Oh, man. Yeah, that, definitely. This is kind of where I wanted issue 60 to, to end. Yeah, you know, like maybe not here, but like this, like with a payoff where yeah. it was like they kind of never did with with issues fifty five to sixty or fifty six to sixty the the Leatherhead uh, story arc. That one seemed really disjointed, where it was Leatherhead, and then all of a sudden the whole big thing is Kitsune in one issue. And this one, there was a definite. This one had a serious build up to it where. Harold's kidnapped, you meet Darius, you meet Libby, uh, you find out that Splinter wants to take out the Foot Clan, Casey Jones is given, provides him with an army, they invade their enemy's camp, and they kill him, and now the family's broken apart because of it. I thought that is, to a T, this is like peaks and valleys, highs and lows, uh, tension, and restraint finally or relief not restraint um so yeah it it is crazy what this issue does yeah yeah big or what this what this storyline does 
the Chasing Phantoms uh, collection when it comes out in four months. <laughs> uh, that'll be a good one to add to the collection. That'll be that'll be a worthy addition right there. Even though it's one of the stupidest villains I've ever seen. <laughs> With the Street Phantoms, God. I hope they make a figure. It's just how you want. Oh God, yeah. That that'll be the one. Like every Turtle Flakes podcast listener will be will send me a Street Phantoms <laughs> figure. I hope there's a T-shirt just with some of their dialogue on it. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Look at this jalopy slicing. Jalopy. Down. Yeah. Oh, good deal. Good deal. <laughs> so, man, I guess the question everyone wants to know before we uh, before we end this thing is. Uh, what type of pizza are we going to have to close out today's Totally Tubular episode of Turtle Flakes? Oh, man. So, you know, it's almost it's almost 11 o'clock your way. Yeah, I'm dead. So I am, man. You know what I want is I want something that's, I just want a little bit of cheese, not too much. Oh. And I want you to, I want to uh, pour on some of that Z-Quill. Have you ever had that stuff? No, no, I've not even heard of that. Okay, NyQuil makes a sleeping aid called Z-Quil. Z-Quil? Yeah, it's not for fevers <laughs> or anything. It's just a sleeping aid. So I want to make sure, because I, I get the feeling that it's going to be a rough night. Because it's going to be a rough I'm night. tired, <laughs> and you get to the point to where you're so tired that you can't sleep. True. So, and you got to work the next day. Well, so you <laughs> got tomorrow off, you lucky dog. I've got tomorrow off, yeah. Uh, so. i got to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so we decided on a cheese and um, was it Z? Cheese and Zequil pizza, yeah. All right, all right, that sounds delicious, and yeah, <laughs> there it is, yeah. I, right. Listeners, please don't actually try that pizza. No, it sounds dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a gateway drug, right? No, nope, it is. Nope, not at all. Yep. No, nope. <laughs> we're not advocating that. It, it's the end. <laughs> it's the end all. Yeah. <laughs> Alright dudes and dudettes, well uh, here's the hoping you enjoy your cheese and Zequil pizza. Cow is it Zequil? Did I say that right? Zequil. Cowbunga dudes. Cowbunga everyone. Alright, man. Well, I'll tell you what, I need some Zequil right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't don't get too much. No. You remember the black rotary phones, man? You could like hammer a nail into a wall with those things. Oh, I know it. I know it. Uh, my my uh, my dad had a yellow one, and that sucker was heavy, but that thing worked. It was the loudest phone in the house. <laughs> you can always count on that thing, man. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna sound so old right now, but like kids do not understand the struggle of talking to your friends or talking to whatever girlfriend you had as a teenager, and you're like trying. Didn't yeah right but you're like trying to like talk normally but you have to kind of talk in code because your parents are probably in the same room because you probably had the one phone in your house or maybe like there was the phone in the kitchen and there was the phone in your parents room which one were you going to use oh yes oh yes and to add even more to that it was like you'd be on the phone or something you know trying to muster up enough courage to ask a girl out I know you're not supposed to do that over the phone but anyway and then (laughs) try to connect to the internet you hear that Oh, God. Oh, that was the worst. Man, <laughs> I didn't have internet at my house when I was a kid. I always had to go to the library. Oh, wow. Yeah. The worst was when I was, like, trying to ask a girl out for, like, a dance or something like that, and my dad would be in the background. Did you say no? <laughs> she probably she said, said no, say didn't she? no, isn't she? <laughs> oh, it's she like, thanks, Dad. For a reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hear you, man. I hear you. 
You know, I got out of bed this morning and my back was so sore. I was like, honey, I'm 30 years old. I should not feel this bad already. I told you. <laughs> you didn't want to. Oh, holy cow. <laughs> I said, I'm well, falling apart. You're going to go through the change, man. <laughs> yeah. And you're not even going to be like something cool, like a werewolf or something like that. It's, it's nope. going to be. Nope. So, right. Obviously. Oh. <laughs> That's Elsie. Man, you got such a nice, you got a sweet family, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I, I hope my kids actually go out of their way to say goodnight to me one day. Well, they're mom <laughs> cold holder, too. Oh, well, still. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty sweet. And I got that on uh, camera, I believe. She just wanted to be on the show. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. Can I be on the show? No. Would you? <laughs> I know Danica's on one of the bloopers, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she is somewhere, yeah. <sighs> was it Dan? No, it was uh, Grayson. Remember when she came in your room? Oh, God, Grayson. Yeah, Kool-Aid man her way in there, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. She's like, hey, Dad, what are you, are you in your room? You're in your room? <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm in my room. <laughs> and then she freaked out when I wouldn't let her. <laughs> yeah, she sounds cute, but, you know, that's that's when she wants to be cute. Sure. You know, have you ever seen the movie Trilogy of Terror? No, no, I've not seen it. Okay, well, there's this little, there's this, it's like an anthology film. It's got three films in it. And, like, the last yeah. film is this little voodoo doll that comes to life and attacks this lady. <laughs> That's pretty much what three-year-olds are like. So. Oh, God, well, I got that to look forward to. <laughs> That's awesome. And I've got awesome. boys, too, so I can say it'll be different for boys, so. Really? About the same? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Dang it! If anything, yeah. it'll be worse because he's another dude, and he'll like grow up on you and be like, "Yo, what? What? Yeah, what are we gonna do? <laughs> Yo, get my papa. Yeah, yeah, and you Dude. forget about it. All right, man, I'm back already. Okay. And I'm, I almost ran. I guess I overestimated that. <laughs> <laughs> I said I wasn't gonna do this, but I got me one of those Rockstar energy drinks. Oh yeah. I'm dying, man. I'm sleepy. So, you know what? I'm not even waking up early tomorrow. I'm just going the full nine tonight. Yeah. I, w I would. You, gotta do, you do you, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what it's, that's what you got to do. It's the hard that's stuff. That. I got the Rockstar Pure Zero, so I'm still watching my calories, you know. Yeah. I can't see. I can't drink energy drinks, man. They make me shaky. Oh, really? They, yeah, they really do. And I just, I, nah, heart attacks freak me out, man. So, <laughs> I don't want to have one. <laughs> I know, man. I, I'll tell you, like, I'm addicted to caffeine. I know it's, it's it can't be good for me. I know that. I wonder if it has something to do with my spapnea. Because, I, I don't know. I just, somehow I'm sure it's related. Because I know with sleep apnea, sometimes if you have any kind of heart uh, trouble or anything like that, that can contribute to pretty severe sleep apnea. So, oh, man. I got to get off this stuff. Yeah, see, I drink a lot of caffeine, too. and It's mostly, like, I drink a lot of pop. And I, I drink uh, Coke is my that's my drink, and oh, yeah. no, I, I know Coke. that's not good for me, man. I mean, this stuff can take rust off the car bumper, you know. Like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm willingly putting this inside me. Yeah, I, I know. Just, well, you know, you... oh, I gotta, I gotta. There's a lot of bad habits I have that I gotta kick, you know. Oh so, man, yeah. I think by the time we finally get it figured out, we'll be dead. <laughs> 
ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Right, exactly. There, there's, there's one drink that, I, man, I've been hooked on. It's, uh, I, I get it every year. It's, it's seasonal. Have you ever tried? See, do y'all even have Sierra Mist your way? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so you did. I've had Sierra Mist. Have you, tr- have you tried the cranberry version, the cranberry splash? No, you know, I don't think so. That sounds like something Nicole's had, though. I, oh, I want to say she has. I'm addicted to them, man. Like, they, they, sell, yeah. they sell them super cheap here, but it, they're only available from, like, late October to, I guess, right after Christmas, and then they're gone. But for some reason, they're on sale. Like, they, they had, a, like, the little, I guess, 20-ounce bottles for, like, 75 cents a piece, so I stocked yeah. up on them. And, man, they're so good, but they're not good for you. <laughs> you know what's actually a really good kind of substitute is, uh, I think it's 7-Up. They have a, a diet uh, cherry 7-Up. Ooh. And it's really good. No caffeine in it, and it, it doesn't taste diet. Because you know how diet pop always has that... It's got a weird taste, yeah. It's got a weird... It feels like you're drinking styrofoam or something like that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's messed up. It, it tastes gross, you know? Yeah, diet Coke's got, like, this chemical taste to it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like you're drinking chlorine or something. Right. <laughs> and it's probably nowhere near as bad as I'm making it out to be, but but uh, the uh, diet cherry 7-Up is really good. Oh, man. So... I'll have, to, I'll have to try to find that. Seven Up's kind of actually hard to find here. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why it's. I don't know why it's not a big seller. But I'll tell you, the the biggest seller in this, at least where I'm from, is Mountain Dew. Like that sells like crazy. Because I, oh, okay. I I know when I worked at the gas station, that was the, our like our biggest seller. We had a whole row of just Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> Rob. Yes, ma'am. So our entire school from kindergarten to 12th grade, including preschool, has 235 kids. Wow, no kidding. Our class sizes for each grade are like 12. Oh, I'd kill for that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to come up here, Move man. up here. You gotta move oh, up sounds here. good. Sounds good. Just, just, hey, just explain it to Chris Beth. I'll be there. <laughs> Boy, I'll, I'll let Nicole do that because I'm not exactly known for my tact. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. Just I'm, do it, poser. I know, I, man. I'd love to. I would love, especially. Go it's... back to the advice from Josh, and then the right advice from Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd love to. I mean, you guys got snow. You know, I, I'm all oh, about God. snow. It, it, you might be about it now, but like, it has been snowing. No joke. It has been snowing for three days straight. We've gotten we, two inches of really? snow. Really? But yeah, and somehow we've gotten just two inches of snow. Wow. Because we had a snowstorm snowstorm three weeks ago, maybe, and yeah. they were estimating anywhere between, and I kid you oh, not, that's right. this was the estimate. They were estimating anywhere between one and 76 inches. <laughs> Give or take a few. Give or take 59 <laughs> inches here. <laughs> and when I woke up, because this storm was supposed to start at like 10 o'clock, and it was supposed to be over by like 9, and when I woke up... There was a quarter of an inch of snow on the ground. Holy cow. And it was gone by like 10 o'clock in the morning. And oh, just geez. gone. I mean, like there was just grass and birds chirping and <laughs> bunnies hopping. I- I'll tell you, it's like a major disaster if we even get a quarter of an inch where we're at. Because our-, our roads are so windy and, and so mountainous and stuff. Uh, I'll tell you, even just red of snow, they'll cancel school. 
Yeah, see, like, last year we had, like, maybe, what, two feet of snow last year? Yeah, two to three feet. Two to three feet of snow. Wow. And then, like, the average temperature for about a good month and a half was about negative 25 to negative 35. Oh, my goodness. And for the whole month of January. And at its coldest, it got down to negative 60. Jeez. And school never never had a snow day. I don't think what? we had any snow we last didn't. year. Last year we did not. Yeah. Oh my god. How do you even ha- like but aren't aren't there some, you know, I don't know if there are any hilly roads up there where you're at, but you would yeah. think Oh yeah, like there's hills, there's curves, there's peaks and valleys. Man. Well, how do how do buses get to and from? I mean, with the snow. Snow tires. Snow tires. Well, God bless him, jeez. And very experienced <laughs> drivers. Yeah, and okay. we live on dirt roads. You know, so. Wow. Yeah. yeah, people can't drive here. Uh, when it, when it's snowing, you just stay inside. It, it's it's the craziest thing. Like, uh, I, it, where I lived in Philly, you know, there were no hills. So you just yeah. kind of, you had your snow tires and, and uh, you know, you just you went to school. School rarely closed. But, yeah. but, I mean, you know, Minnesota snow, I can imagine. Holy cow. I get so focused on the road that I become a worse driver. Just because, like... My hands are like so white knuckle on the, on right. the uh, steering wheel that like any little vibration from my arms, just like I'm on the other side of the road. Yeah, so. Rob. Yes, ma'am. Can you send me that that uh, little tidbit there that he focuses? He becomes a worse driver. You got it. I, I've got that. It's recording right now. He's always making fun of me, saying because I. I am not making fun. I am observing. I. I observe. I see stuff like birds and Nicole's animals. driving and she's like this. Look at that plane up there. Like, Look at the bald eagle almost land on the hood of my car and he did not see it. And it had a six foot wingspan and I wish oh I was kidding. God. He presented himself. Yes. Like, look at my luscious wings. So it was the third bald eagle we'd seen that day, and I told him wow. the bald eagle we see, I'm stopping so you can see it. She did. <laughs> go by and it just happened to be this bald eagle that had its arms wide open. Arms <laughs> like, wide oh, open. hello. Yep. And then, so yeah. So he hello, always, violators. Yeah. Yes, so I'm so observant that when we went and saw Doctor Strange the other night, we didn't hit, hit three deer. So there is that. <laughs> Yeah. So so Ninja Turtles. So I'm a better driver. Oh, is a better driver than me. (laughs) Oh, that is documented now. So she used to tell me that I was a good driver. Now she's just like, I'll go, I'll do it. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, uh, Chris Beth. um, She. (laughs) I used to think Chris Beth was a bad driver. Uh, I'm not even gonna (laughs) like no joke. I was like, oh, geez, she's got lead foot. She never got in a wreck. Guess who did? I did. Yeah, I know. I did. So, you know, I can't say anything now. (laughs) And I swear I'm a worse driver when she's in the car. Like, I make stupid decisions. I guess. I guess. Did you ever take uh, driver's ed when you were in high school? Oh, yes. You know the car with the two steering wheels? Well, we didn't have that, but we had two brakes. There was a brake on the the passenger side, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much that's that's married life right there. She's like, you think you're driving, but she'll take over at yes. any moment. Yes, she'll be like, watch what you're doing. Yeah, oh, she, yeah. she may. I don't know why. And I, I, I tell her too. I'm like, honey, I swear I don't drive this bad when when you're not here. <laughs> She's like, uh-huh. yeah, I bet she says the same thing my wife does. Mm. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yep. Sure. <laughs> sure you do, honey. <laughs> well, all right, man. So 
Turtles, uh, what do you think? Uh, it's a good issue. <laughs> hey, it was a good issue. Well, we're done. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, you should have been there. Yeah, great. Splinter was crazy. There's going right. to be a couple episodes where it's just like we didn't get to record, but we've got like three hour-long blooper reels. For oh, the, for yes. The oh, yes. Yes, for the... Right, for the poor souls that actually choose to listen. <laughs> for the fans. <laughs> right. You know, like this is... You can just imagine, like, the only, there's two downloads, and it's BJ Hahn and Thaddeus Manning. Yeah, That's true. That's it. <laughs> uh, one of us downloaded us by accident, too. They thought yeah. they were downloading something else. <laughs> I downloaded it twice, I'm sorry. So. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Turtle Flakes. Our, our tagline is, we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That should, that should work. You know, have t-shirts to say that. Oh god, yeah. We should welcome <laughs> the Cheryl Flakes. My bad. Yeah, yeah. my bad. <laughs>